Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your number one source for all things Final Fantasy TCG, sponsored by Ultimate Guard. to the level of being meta-warping. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a tall order. Well, you, you've given me so many segues, John, but you know what is not a tall order? You know what's not? Well, it could <laughs> be meta-warping. <laughs> you know what's controversial? Us being back for the next episode of the RVA Returns podcast! Welcome back. I've decided to start today with hot takes and, and the analysis that's supposed to be 30 minutes further into the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. That's for, that's for the people that pay that's to, right. you know, to see it all early, but we're going to dive all into that because, John, we are, we are here at the precipice. We are standing on top here of the peak. At, on top of the peak of resurgence of power known as Opus 18 from us moving forward. Um, figure I'd have to get the, the one, you know, call it by its proper name, but it, it's fucking Opus 18. And, John, we're excited. I'm excited, Chris. I can't wait. Uh, you say we're standing on the peak, and I think a lot of people mm-hmm. might be thinking about being standing on a peak and like, oh, what could I see from here? You know, like, what, what accomplishments have others below me achieved that I could view from atop this peak? But, Chris, when sure. I'm standing on top of the peak, all I see underneath me is 100% of the mountain ready to be drilled into for gold, baby. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so I, I forgot that when Edgar was spoiled and I was just making drill sounds the whole podcast. I totally forgot about that. I do not have a drill gimmick prepared for this week. Um, oh, that is but, okay. But, We've got our yeah, man, I'm, We've got exactly. I'm just... You know, I've started all the way at the tippiest, toppiest part of the peak, and I'm digging all the way down, Chris. Call me Yukon Cornelius, baby, because I am here. Nothing. I am fucking ready. And of course, like I said, we are back for the next uh, next case here on the RV Returns podcast. I'm your host, Chris Adams, and with me, as always, always, just, just... Bringing in the hot takes, the cold takes, the analyses, badge and gun on the hip, John Schreiner. Say hi to everybody. How's it going, everybody? If I can promise you one thing, it's that there will be takes. There will be. Director Slates. Chick take one. <laughs> take one, yeah. There there will be takes. You have that guarantee from me. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and um so John, we actually, you know, clearly we've got a lot to talk about. Pardon me, I got the little frog in my throat, man. The way this weather's mm-hmm. been, it's just been like hot, cold, rainy, cold, hot. It's just like my allergies have been just kicking my ass this week. It's been awful. That's awful. I've been making dad dad noises all week. That's the worst. That sucks. That sucks. I have been blessed to dodge the allergy bullet in my family, oh, and man. it is like most of my family <laughs> oh jeez. So, yeah yeah they'll all be sitting there like debilitated and i'm just skipping <laughs> around the house, like what's wrong guys it's a beautiful spring day oh it's all this That's yellow fine. shit on my car <laughs> you just take a big finger and just <sighs> yeah dude i season my food with that shit and people oh they can't baby 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. But uh, John, not only is there a new set out, obviously you said you're going to pre-release this weekend. So we I are here. Today. You know, oh, you're so lucky. You were right. Today is Saturday. You're so lucky. Mm-hmm. You are so lucky. I, I'm living you, vicarious through. It could be me. Get in the car. <laughs> See you there. Yeah, at six thirty tonight, we've got pre-release, and then tomorrow at the Wilson store, where Amethyst and, and Mr. Mike. Oh, the Lakeside location. Yes, the Lakeside location will be having their pre-release. Hell yeah, man! That's awesome. I hope I uh, hope you uh, get some sick pulls. You know, some of those uh, Nomura stamped uh, Ufies, maybe some of those because uh, um, those are mono seven cards are in the are in the boxes mm-hmm. too, or in the sets too, the right? So I mean, cards. there's yeah, dude, so much great case value in this set right like so it is like they took all the value that did not exist oh oh, sorry sorry go ahead yes no 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 no. you're absolutely right you're you're hit the nail right on the head you know what i'm gonna say yeah oh absolutely and you know i don't want to put the cart before the horse we'll get to that but john you know we just need to dive in you know we've got so much in yeah just i got my (laughs) dragon floaties on my nose plugs my goggles john we are just gonna dive right into the deep end of the news all right first up on the old docket here uh as <laughs> usual i'm gonna need you to go ahead and hit the podium grab your your key documents here and you have to let us know john the octagon state of the union all right chris uh, we are here with the Octagon State of the Union. Oh, thank you, thank you. Secretary, just pass it off to me now. Um, and I'm reading over the stats, and it looks like, Chris, the state of the Octagon Union is better than ever. We have Man. just wrapped up our 11th special event, which was title format, um, which is always fun to check in on our estranged uncle, our good friend title, in between formats <laughs> yes. every once in a while to make sure you know he still has all the things he needs, he's set up for mm-hmm. success. You know, I know that he enjoys being a little bit of a loner, but he's still every once in a while just make sure he's doing all right. Um, and so that, that was pretty cool. We had a bunch of different titles represented with 14 taking it this time. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, they just have so many things now. All these more uh, recent Scions that they got access to. And, fucking he in. Yeah, yeah, just a lot of gas there. Uh, so Final Fantasy 14 took the title event. Next week is our 175th oh man octagon tournament i can't believe we're creeping and, up on the bicentennial dude and um, just in time because fucking lightning quick yeah dude got... like literally uh, <laughs> lightning struck the earth and octagon's update was ready for wait i mean the thing is like the card browser went up monday night right for us so it was like it was, like, morning, it was either monday night or yeah yeah, mm-hmm. so it was like Monday at 1 a.m. our time. So Tuesday morning, we woke up to the cards, and um, we had our event on Wednesday, and I didn't expect the stuff to be ready. So I just said, hey, you know, it's not ready. We're going to have title event tonight, blah, blah, blah. And probably like three hours after we concluded the weekly event, the cards were live on Octagon. Um, so Holy yeah, shit. we actually almost did. You know, I wonder if he was trying to get them ready in time or something like that. Either way, Wayne is uh, is lightning fast, and I appreciate his efforts because it was really impressive this time. Him and FFDX, everybody was on the ball, Chris. 
it was, it was so terrible. funny, right? Because it felt like it, it. And again, those guys bust their ass, and we can't thank them enough. Because I feel like without FFX or even Octagon, like we'd be in a we'd be in a weird place. And bless their hearts for doing all that work. And I think we were all getting kind of like because it took forever to get the starter cards up on FFX. But nah, how well, about how about that this time? It's we got it all. Well, now. the problem there is not FFX or Octagon and Wayne, right? The issue there yeah. is the card browser because both of these yep. guys pull their images pull from directly the official from. card browser. Yeah, so Square just decided that it wasn't important to add the Final Fantasy 15 cards to the card oh, browser for a long time. But then it's okay because when they do update the other card browser right away, we just forget. Um, but yep. that's alright. So it worked out. Thank you very much to whoever updated the card browser quickly this time. It is appreciated. Yes. Um, that delay for the like different languages is just like, it feels like a technicality from a, an older world that I can't believe is still an issue. But, you yep. know, it just is what it is. Um, but but yeah, so so the, all the cards are ready, man. Octagon is popping off. The If you open Octagon right now, you can see a big old list of people jamming games. And that's always Ooh. cool. It shows a nice, healthy set. Nice, healthy community. Could enjoying be you. the Opus, and it could be you. Come on by the Octagon uh, events. We, you know, we're doing our usual thing every Wednesday night. Um, you can find, you know, the Discord link on returnersffcg.com, rvareturners.com, yes. both of those work. Um, or just on our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash rvasnugsy. Remember, we're live every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, with free tournaments, with prizes. It could be you. Mm -hmm. uh, come by, play, could win. Could be you. And uh, we have so much variety in the decks that win and the players that win. So really, it's um, it's a really fun time to come and test out some new deck ideas, and I cannot wait, Chris, next week when everybody starts slamming those new Opus cards against oh, each other on the table. So baby, 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 baby. But that's it for the Octagon State of the Union. Well, thank you, John. As always, super, super informative, and again, it could be you. It's the best way to practice for uh, you know, OP coming up. It's right around the corner. It'll fucking be here before you know it. Um, but John, speaking of things that'll be here before we know it, um, we've got some, uh, you know, while this is the off season, you know, effectively, you know, as we all ramp up and get ready, shake off the rust for, um, you know, OP to return next year, we've got a lot of new cards that are being injected. Um, some of them reprints more for collectors, but a lot of them are going to be, you know, brand new to the game cards. And John, we've got a release schedule for some of these things coming up. We've got a uh, 13 starter. Yeah. We've got this cool FF seven collector piece. I want to walk us through I'll what we've got down coming the up schedule, here. Dude. Yeah. We've got a full docket. So they just had one of those usual uh, streams from the dev team from hobby Japan, which is yep, always yep. cool that they've been doing more of those and more mm -hmm. variety to them. I think those streams are awesome. Even if I only understand about half of what they're saying, uh, I am here for any final fantasy TCG official content on YouTube. So I may um, not understand it, but I feel what I they're saying. I just want to look at Kageyama's face and imagine myself wearing some of those FFTCG shirts and just be happy, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So they revealed a whole schedule of releases. Obviously, on December 9th, we have the official release for Opus 18. Then mm -hmm. uh, the next boss deck is a Final Fantasy VII boss deck. comes out January yeah. 27th. Um, so right next month there. I can't believe January is next month, Chris. Jesus Christ, where did 2022 go? 
but I'm also happy uh, to see it leave. Yeah, like it's funny because I remember 2022. Like there's a lot of stuff I did in 2022. I remember 2022 very distinctly, and I remember 2020. The real year I don't know what happened to is 2021. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what happened to 2021. I couldn't tell you. I don't remember what what happened. <laughs> or or what was done or I just, where i was I, it just it's, but anyway um so yeah we had january is the multiplayer boss deck uh february 17th final fantasy 13 custom starter and the custom starters are like that final oh, fantasy 10 starter that we had come out where they give you um it's 100 cards i believe where it's 50 card kind of like a pre-con deck and you have 50 cards of cards you could swap in or out to make a few different styles of pre-con deck and when the Final Fantasy X starter came out, three archetypes were created overnight. And um, I loved playing with those cards. The Braska, yes. especially, is one of my favorite cards that I have played with in such a long time. Um, and, and even the Waka, that Guardians deck, was so fun. I think that that was a home run product, and I'm really hoping... That... Well, dude, and I even loved, you know, just from a from a very, you know, basic, if I was a new player oh, and yeah, I bought yeah, that yeah, thing yeah. and I opened up that fucking insert that just gave you like a breakdown of what you can do just on a very like basic level. What a what a smart, smart product. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, things that are so <laughs> we may be able to talk about this a little bit later. But there are definitely things that are and aren't, quote-unquote, good for new players, right? Mm -hmm. um, something like this, an anniversary set product, <laughs> a good starter set product like this, is absolutely good mm -hmm. for new players because it's a product that releases that is interesting for the existing player base, which is important, right? Because you need the product mm -hmm. to be successful, like you need it to sell well, you need yep. the company to make revenue off the product. So you can't only target the people who don't play your game because, you know, the whole point is those people currently are not your customers. So it doesn't make sense to only target this group, right? You want something that's enticing for that group and for your existing player base. And normally we hit it out of the park with that kind of stuff, right? Like you buy every starter for the most part, right? Like, yeah, because the cards are like, for the most part, the starter exclusive cards have like some legend rarity implications yeah, to exactly. them and we do such a good job with reprints in this game right you get mm -hmm. the anniversary collection set which by the way we printed so many copies of good right because the point is reprinting cards yes. and bringing it down to make it um make it accessible to people that the anniversary uh -huh. collections are like they're cheap good again the point was never to buy flip anniversary collections the point was the collection is meant as a thank you to get players playing or to give you more yep. staples you may need um, and now if we look at the most expensive cards in the game, Chris, well, they're all from op after Opus 10 because they're cards that are staples, that are from things that are out of print, that are in high demand, that are not in the anniversary set. So it's like the Sarah Hero backup is like like $15, something crazy like that, like on TCG Player. That's wild. Yeah, like, like the Chocobo Hero Summon through the roof. Like some of these, just, oh, yeah. like, they're not even legends, right? Um, even Tiro, our boy Tiro is like 6 $7 for a rare from Opus 11. And it's just like, mm -hmm. there's nothing about those cards that makes it that they're not going to reprint them. Eventually, at some point, these cards are going to come back in some starter product or some anniversary product or something like that. Um, and yep. that's good for new players. And it's good for the game as a whole. Uh, yeah, I think that maybe some other things that people say are good for new players is a little bit of a logical fallacy where they just mm -hmm. think of, 
they think of only the recency of something compared to something else, and they don't actually think about the accessibility of it compared to something else. Oh, I agree. But yeah, that, that will my L three soapbox will be, will be later. Oh no, dude! I I am a fan of L eighteen personally. That's, yeah, dude, uh, I love, that's my favorite format. I saw somebody else make that joke, and uh, mm-hmm. I loved it. it. I think somebody said like, hey, "I'm a fan of L seventeen myself." Like, yep, those yeah, are that's. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. that. Hey, I'll play well, F anything. Definitely me. I'll play it was F definitely anything. me. Oh yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. True too. You know, hey, you want and look, you just put out an anniversary collection. So actually, uh, you know, F one, F two, F three is the most accessible format. Yeah, turns out, fucking turns out. <laughs> but yeah. you know, that that's neither here nor there. Um, after the thirteen starter set comes out in February, we have a brand new collector's product, Chris, which I'm gonna actually skip on the name of because that's gonna be our next piece of news. Then in March we have uh, Opus nineteen from Nightmares. And then the summer, mm-hmm. of course, Opus 20, Dawn of Heroes, um, mm-hmm. which we went over, I think, on the last cast that I had that Final Fantasy 15, or sorry, um, Final Fantasy 14 box art from the most yep. recent expansion, so that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, so in February, the new collector item is Special PR Card Collection Noir, if you can fit all of that in your mouth. It's a special promo <laughs> card collection. And then they call it noir, I guess, because they just <laughs> somebody took the cards into. <laughs> they found the bucket button. <laughs> <laughs> they took the cards into Photoshop and they clicked image adjustment, and then they clicked saturation, and then they just like they oh you know used the magic wand to select Vincent's cape, and then dropped the rest of the <laughs> image to zero. Like it's just, um, I think it's pretty funny, and I I obviously you know I don't want to or ever really invoke or talk about work through the podcast but you know i've been part of conversations where you say how do we make this premium or how do we give this a premium feel um removing colors from the card never wasn't something that struck me as a, a premium feel or increase uh special foil patterns uh special versions alternate art um you know these things strike me as a collector version and then you might argue well john they have something special added to the card to increase its value and collectability they have added the signature um i don't play a lot of other games that have signature cards to be fair so maybe this is my um misunderstanding or naivete but in other games like weiss that have signature cards do they just take one guy's signature and then put it on every single signature card that comes out. Yeah, yes. For the first yes. Uh, is, is it really just one sig? It's not like different artists or something like that. It's like I, I, I don't know because I know Fire Emblem has a lot. Like the Fire Emblem card it, game has a lot. Is it like the voice actors or is it the artists or do they literally take the guy who came up with the idea for the character and then they just put his name on every single character's card? To me, the artist or the voice, like depending yeah. on the property, right? Like the artist or the voice actor would make sense, or you know the direct the director is fine if it was somebody who maybe like came up with the you know with you know whatever i just you know, don't I, understand I, why i, I give a, a shit world. about getting tetsuya nomura's exact same signature on the signature card in opus 18 on the special signature card in opus 19 and on the special signature card product that comes out in february like why no. i feel like um do you know when you're playing mario kart and you're uh, driving always. behind the other guy and you're getting that drift and you get to go uh-huh. faster for free and it's just like better for you because he was doing all that hard work and you just kind of slipped in behind there and it pulled you forward. Uh-huh. I feel like 
this is the perfect product for that kind of thing. Like if we had just lined up the consistent style of art, the signatures mm -hmm. uh, being different at all from the existing signature cards that we have, um, mm -hmm. them being highly playable cards. It's just like if any of those things had lined up, I think that this card or this set would have been pulled through so much better and more people would have bought it. More people would have been on board. It just would have been a nicer product to have displayed yeah. on your shelf. Like it would have made more sense as a set on your shelf. I don't understand what the set here is besides a bunch of Final Fantasy seven cards that we put well, the treatment on. Like, and it's so funny because I've been wanting something like this for a long time, John. If you go back and listen to like some like, of this is like a no really early episodes, I've yeah. been wanting something like this for a long time, and I feel like they can execute it way better than That's they did. That's why it's frustrating. You're better than that. Because everybody can tell you from a mile away that something like this is a good idea. But I can also mm -hmm. tell you from a mile away that this execution is not good. Like, this is, no. this is poorly poorly planned out. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Is it going to sell? Yes. Would yeah. way more of them have sold if a little bit more thought was put into this? Absolutely. Um it, are we past the point where you can just show me something that's got Final Fantasy VII characters on it and go, ooh, and then I respond? Yeah, I mean, you're beating us over the head with this at this point. Like, Final Fantasy VII is that thing that they're expecting to pull this product through across the finish line. And, like, yep. that only works so many times. And the problem is, too, like, you've created a booster set that you have released the same week that you announced the special collection product. And the booster mm -hmm. set is a more special Final Fantasy VII collector product. Yep. Like, there's actually more money in the cards that come out of this set. there's actual noir There's right. actual noir there's, cards. There is actual high-value collector noir collector set. <laughs> Literally a Final Fantasy VII promo special noir collector set. It comes in this booster set. There's three of them. And if you put them in a box next to each other, it will sell for more than three of these goddamn Final Fantasy VII collector sets. Chris, how does that make sense? It doesn't. And I, 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 I'm a, you know, and of course, I'm going to be incredibly biased because I love Amano art. I know some people don't. You're wrong. But it is what it is. Look, I've bought but, every um, single Final Fantasy TCG product sight unseen, mm -hmm. and I have no interest in picking this up. Like that doesn't make sense. I don't. That doesn't I make don't, sense. I don't. But if they if they put those three, and I, I don't really care for FF Seven, but if they put those three Amano cards in a special set, oh, I I would have picked it up. And they're like, this is for the collector, dog. Like, unless you mean, unless by the word collector you mean I actually need to physically own one of every card that you ever create. Like, I do not think this is for the collector, because this is not an appetizing or appealing collection. <laughs> like, wow. and, and, oh, goodness, before we get off of the, I know, I'm sorry, we've been on this for a bit. I just feel like I have so much to say. It's now, like, um, especially, like, curating a product like this or creating something and thinking uh -huh. about all these angles is more and more not just a passion, but, like, my life. But um, I, I just look at this, and we look at the... Um, the solicit, right? We look at, sorry, the uh, the copy, like like what people said about the item on the store page. And it has three bullet points, Chris. Did you see those disclaimers at the bottom of the page? Nope. I try to avoid the, the Square Enix store as oh much goodness. as possible. Okay. I don't like it. I just Do you don't remember like what happened store. with the FFTA2 promo? Uh, so yes. It came in the back of the art book, and the way that they packaged it made it so it that like every single card came damaged. Or... It was just the yeah. way that they cut it into. Instead of put them in the um, that like rigid cardboard thing with the clear film that they did for the first book, yeah. 
they just like tucked uh-huh. them into one sheet of card stock and it bent uh-huh. all four corners. So everybody said, hey, the whole point of this unplayable card is that it is in good condition when I get my promo. And so Square Enix replaced anybody who sent in for the replacements, right? So on this one, it literally has three bullet points. The first one says that while these are playable Final Fantasy TCG cards, these are meant to be in the set behind the collectible film and are not meant to be removed and played. Then it says in the second bullet point that if you do remove the seal, the seal cannot be reapplied. Like, it is broken. It is no longer sealed, essentially. And then the third item says that if you open the seal and the cards are damaged for any reason, they will not replace it, and that's, like, your fault. (laughs) So it's like, uh, technically we put on the website that you're not supposed to play with them, so if we did anything to package them improperly that would completely destroy your promo, which is the only reason we had to replace so many last time, it's your (laughs) fault, and we're not replacing it. Nice save, Square. Goodness gracious. But yeah, I That's mean, if there, if there weren't already enough things to chase me away from this item, I... The, the thing is, and I don't want them to take this the wrong way, like, this type of product is smart, and there is a place for this, and I am happy to throw my money at you, and it is easy to make free money. This ain't it, Chief. No. Not at all. Anyway... That's our schedule, and that's upcoming announced <laughs> products. Yeah. Uh, Japan did get a huge series of list of Masters events announced. Of course, we do not have Masters over here, as we do not have a team of people to run Masters for Square Enix. Um, but mm-hmm. I know that there are uh, obviously announcements coming early next year. Chris, and early next year is getting here faster and faster. Yeah, that, it is almost early next year. Yeah, and that is going to According include to my calendar. our information for what our organized play events will look like. So we do not have an update on that front. We just know they're coming, and yep. um, hopefully we get to look at it soon. Yeah. But in the interim, John, we've got a new set to take a look at, and uh, uh, yes. to lead that off, obviously, we've got pre-release this weekend. Um, I don't have any pre-release that I'm going to, though I could, I guess, technically. That's a, that's a bit of a stretch. I've got, uh, I've got some choring to do today, but... Ah. but Yes, John, you've got pre-release going on. I know uh, some of the uh, the Yorktown, the seven five seven locals had their pre-release last night. Uh, we're seeing people seeing people's pulls. Um, pre-release is such a great time. Um, I haven't done a pre-release in a very long time. Like I think, yeah, I missed the last two sets. John, last set I want to say was I was either at Pokemon Nats or I was at Gen Con. Yeah, I think my last pre-release was Opus. 10 wow all right chris come on by hop at the car brother yeah yeah Yeah, i haven't done a pre-release since pre-covid look all you have to do right after the cast is get in the vehicle and boom you'll be you'll be pre-releasing tonight man you stay the night we'll pre-release tomorrow too oh man I'll have to. I'll have to consider it. No, I know, I know, I know. You're, I know. That's you're, a, put, that's... you're putting me. You're putting me on the spot. But I mean, no, 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 no. You don't have to. I'm just saying. Look, I mean, you know, I could. The yeah. option is well, it's there the for thing. me. Here's the thing. If it doesn't work out this time, we should make sure you come down next time. Like you so should I will 100 percent be there for you next come time. Here all the time. So line up your next, you know, dilly dally down south uh, in three months or so. 
well, I know my next dilly dally down south will be after the set releases, and I will be down for some local action. Mm -hmm. You know that's happening. Of course, of course. Yeah, so we've got our uh, tonight at six thirty as our normal locals time. We've got pre-release, and then tomorrow uh -huh. at Dream Days, which is I think that's the Amethyst in Mike Powell's store. Uh, they have a pre-release I might be going to. So if hell you yeah, to double dip. Yeah, not the Dylan McDouble dip. Yeah, man, and you know what? The reason I might double dip is because there's so much value in this set. I mean, we, so we just talked about this a little bit, where the collector set is actually mm -hmm. less collectible than cards that are in this set, as I said. Uh, the yeah. three legacy cards for this set, we talked about this back when they were announced, but now they are here, people are opening them, and it is very oh, obvious God. the second you see one that these are going to be hot. Dude, these mm -hmm. are playable cards, right? Mm -hmm. uh, two out of... Well, the Cloud is the most playable of the three of them, but the Cloud has... Which one is it? Like, it's the Light Cloud, right? No, the four no, Light Cloud. Which no, one is it? It's the 2CP Cloud Pod Cloud. Oh, oh shit, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. that card is good. Like, that card has gameplay it's in avalanche and also it just like is unique enough it will probably see play in weird decks as you go forward uh the what's Sephiroth the third one yeah this is the dark Sephiroth, is the dark the Sephiroth. and the other one is the legend Aerith. the Aerith that had the yeah, kingdom hearts art right. that said like if your guys take damage they take less and if she goes to the break zone activate your stuff so yeah um, like her and the Sephiroth aren't played as much but they were played they have seen yeah. sleeves and are playable cards Unlike half mm -hmm. the cards, the Noir Collection. Okay, I'm looking at you, mm -hmm. Promo Vincent. I'm looking at you, Red 13. All right, I'm looking at you, Zach. Like, why are you in the set? You did not earn your place here. And mm -hmm. then it's, um... It, <laughs> you get the, uh, the Cloud, which is just played in Avalanche. And is mm -hmm. just a good card. Then you have the R on all three of them. is incredible Final Fantasy VII, a mono R in a black and white style. They're legacy cards, so they have the same rarity of any individual full art in the set. Then you've got mm -hmm. Yuffie, who, and by the way, you can stuff it, people who don't understand what rarity ratios are or how those work. Um, the Yuffie <laughs> is clearly one in a master case. And mm -hmm. uh, Yuffie also has been getting pulled. Dude, Chocobo Joe opened a box yesterday where he got saw the, that with, uh, the, Sephiroth the Sephiroth and the Yuffie in the same box. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking and, god box. Like, okay, so... Like, the amount of money that that man just made opening that single booster box is more than if you held one of these PR promo collector Final Fantasy VII sets yeah. for five years. Like, I would never buy another box of sealed product again if that's what if that was my box. <laughs> you, you, I would go out on Are top you kidding like me? That. I'd be buying more boxes of the set and trying to just keep hitting like that. But, um, no, I, I mean, guess I, those I are the two gambling mentalities right there, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, like I hit that big, I can do it again. You're like, no, I'm gonna go home with my, <laughs> my thing winnings. You know, you're somebody at a bus station. <laughs> yeah, for a whoa, whoa. <laughs> and that's exactly what the FF7 VR product will do to you. No, um, <laughs> it, yeah, it's just one of those things where it, it maybe, maybe Chris, if everything was lined up a little better, it would be better. But especially if it wasn't released at the same time as a better, more collectible, yeah. more desirable Final Fantasy VII product yeah um, timing is everything man that it's, also comes with all the cards you so need many to play. industries it also man yep. i'll tell you what when you're chasing those collectible products not only are they worth more uh they are allowed to be played you actually can get them replaced if they come mangled out of the pack <laughs> uh -huh. and uh and, yeah i god i just don't know man it's um i can imagine myself being a fly on the wall for every single meeting that led to the creation of this skew 
but uh, whoever was in charge of like deciding what bits and bobs went into it, like I yeah, you you could have done a better job, or we could have done something else here. I, I imagine the margins on this product are already so ridiculously high that um, you know, it, it, again, the intern used basic Photoshop skills to change the saturation on existing art on existing cards. Uh, the development yeah, it's, it's cost lazy. of this was was almost like just incidental. Like it just kind of happened while you were doing other stuff. Uh, I and, feel and, like, like one of our just the was a fuck up print. Dude, I feel art. like one of the cards came through and it was just a fuck up on the printing. And they were like, "Oh, this is cool. Why don't we just do this with these other cards?" <laughs> Dude, the uh, the art on the back of one of the two halves is the art from the Zach card, and it's like, who gives a shit about this card? Nobody. Like, I don't understand. Fucking uh, nobody. Uh, and, and we've somehow gone back onto the the collector set, but um, it, it, yeah, it's literally well, this frustration just comes from like I literally have money I'm willing to and waiting to throw at cool collector items from Final Fantasy TCG. So why can't we make a cool collector item? Why, why can't we do it right? Instead, we're going to put yeah. them in booster boxes. But you're smart to make you buy sealed product. Speaking of sealed product, John, Opus 18 is here. And let's, let's uh, we're just going to kind of dive right let's in. Dive. This, is our, this is our main topic. Now, obviously, we're not going to do a full-on set review. There's plenty of that out there right now. Like you said earlier, the Travis, uh, Travis Pfeiffer and Eureka, they've done their set review. So check out those. I believe it's done in three videos. So go check that out. Um, Alex Hancock has put out his early impressions document, which is, my favorite thing to read on the shitter the second it comes out um <laughs> like I, I work up a good poop just so i can read that the stinker um, tinker and then yeah. yep and then the yyt guys have done their set review so the set reviews are out there um so we're not going to do that but john what we're going to do like we do like we've been doing our is usual, you know we're going to yeah. our usual we're going to go through each element we're going to talk about some cards that you know that stand out to us cards we think that are going to be good um, you know, just just talk about this set because, like, at first glance, like the set to me seemed kind of like ah, there's not really much. Like, I don't know, there wasn't like anything that I looked at other than like some of the dual element legends. Like, you're like, oh wow, that's just generically good. But then as you start like reading into the set and like start absorbing it and thinking about it and start start digging for that gold, you're like, holy shit, there's some really sick shit in here. Dude, I'm gassed, brother. I'm so gassed I just crashed into my desk. Like I'm Dude, say dude, I'm excited. Yeah, like I, I was so dude. gassed I literally accidentally just pushed the gas pedal and boop, boop, threw over it. Oh my house. baby. Well let's uh well, let's dive right in, John. We're going to start with fire. Um, so what I'm going to do first, um, and I think we should, since we're already here in fire, we should just talk about it across all the colors. We got this first cycle of these 1CP backups. That oh, are my God. I love them. Amazing cards. So good. Incredible cards. A, a very, very good in a very boring way, right? If you think these cards aren't good, I encourage you to consider how good backups are and then yes. consider them being cheaper and easy to play and then consider it when you draw them later in the game, it magically transforming as if by science into another more usable card. Yep. And it's such a great, like, you know, end of your opponent's main two play also, right? Mm -hmm. Like you've got this extra, like you've got your turn lined up. You don't really need this. You know what? I'm just going to dig for something else. Right. You kept, your, uh, you kept your like Amaterasu CP open and oh, well, yep. they didn't need Tama. Okay. Well then I'll just draw off this extra Malkinus in my hand and boom. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I fucking love this cycle. Incredible. And and honestly, uh, this guy is probably the most left out in the cold because he's just got a useless, stupid category, Final Fantasy EX. Mm -hmm. But a lot mm -hmm. of them are just like 11. 
So it's like these are yeah. tutorable in like a very highly played backup package. It's very interesting, and uh, yeah, I, these cards will all see play. Everyone draw backup. Yeah, 100%. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, there's nothing bad about any of those. John, tell me about a couple. We'll do a couple. Tell me about some fire cards that have got your uh, that have got your uh, your jeans good and snug in the front. Salamander. Tell me about Ramza. Well, we'll we'll get to Ramza. Uh, Salamander. (laughs) Salamander is another card I think is very good in a very boring way. Mm -hmm. Um, Salamander is like Ifrida if it was always better. And Afrida used talk- to be something that people liked a lot. Think about how often you were like looking at Afrida's 3K cleave mm-hmm. and making a deck out of that in Fire, right? Yeah. This cycle of these removed 10 colored cards from your break, like, they're such a mixed bag. Some of them are really good. Some of them seem kind of eh, but I, I, I agree with you. I like Salamander a lot. We used to pay 6 CP to do 5,000 damage to all the forwards our opponent controls. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think Salamander is very good by himself, and he is even better with the kicker. It's just a good card. It finishes off a lot of damage packets in mm-hmm. fire. Um, it really works well with what we're starting to see as fires do AOE, like board burn, where we have uh, Squall has been a huge person. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it kind of started with like Cyan, right? Uh, where we would see Samurais wipe the board on attack. But Squall has been a recent addition that's been, like, Squall Adelard is almost just like, that's it, boom. You now have a recurrable, repeatable board wipe on your side of the field. Yep. Um, we've started to see Goblin packages pick up popularity, and those are deferred damage packets, so it's easy to, like, uh, use Salamander, and then you finish off a couple guys. Um, and, and then we're starting to see cards like the Ferris that we're going to talk about in a bit, where, um, mm-hmm. again, like, having a arm full of damage packets and assigning them out cleverly across your opponent's creatures seems more relevant than ever before, more efficient than ever before, and we'll see if it's uh, as effective as it has been in the past. Yeah, and another one I like too, John, you know, we, we got a salamander, we, we're going to keep going with the giant lizards. I'm actually a huge fan of two-headed dragon as well. Oh yeah, that's another one that's uh, good in a boring way, right? It's like, mm-hmm. um, he enters and he's just kind of there. But his just kind uh-huh. of there version is like, hey, every other fire forward you have has like that Laswell text. Remember the the dual Laswell and how terrifying that was yep. when all of a sudden that uh-huh. thing's on the table and and that was like three K on attack and only in Faisalus decks. But all of a sudden, like uh-huh. you wouldn't think too much of that guy until he was on the table across from you, and then all of a sudden you realize like, wait, like every attack shouldn't be like removing a guy as well for all these cards that are already good on their own. The two headed uh-huh. dragon, he ends up being one of those cards where. Um, hey, I'm over curve when you activate me, so you know you don't feel like you're punished for it. There's nothing your opponent has to interact with when he comes in because you can't respond to playing a character. There's no auto here. Uh, it's only an auto when somebody attacks, and when they do attack, the auto is triggered off something that's not a forward typically. So again, it's yep. like um, I think this card has the right wording to be protected in the right ways. Yes. Uh, I also look at this card, and Chris, and this is part of the problem with the noir thing. I just think of, like, I immediately a joke in my brain was, like, you desaturate everything except his red nails and, like, the red liquid flame coming out of his tongue, and then his eyes Beautiful. just, like, bright blue, and boom, there it is, dude. Two-headed dragon noir PR there special it is. package. Um, yeah, I think that card's I'll very good. Make the check out to John Schreiner. <laughs> yeah. 
the monsters in general in this set are spot on. I've heard a lot of people yes. say that, but I agree with that, that the design on them is finally in a place where they feel uniquely not quite forward, not quite summoned, very mm -hmm. much artifact type cards yes, in a lot of situations. absolutely. Which I think is their strength. And, um, yep. and yeah, I, I, I do think that that card is one that the people who try it are going to feel how strong it is as they play it, and it's the card that doesn't really invite many people to try it right out of the gate. I think we'll see more of that as time and as the fire decks evolve and know what they need. It might actually be my favorite fire card in this set, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, there's some Boston fire cards in this set. I have two more cards that I really, oh, go ahead. really like go ahead. here in this set. Both of the ones you like are ones that I like as well. Well, so you know it's we'll, Ramsey. We'll so let's talk about Ramsey. Oh, let's talk about how I've been a knight simp since Mono Water Knights in Opus 3, okay? I I used to play, ask any of the guys from my old locals in New Jersey, ask Nick Schnell, any of the gamers having guys, dude. Oh. I was like the <laughs> Mono Water Knights dude. I mean, you know when I met you in Boston, that's what I was playing when we sat down mm -hmm. in the Wolves Den to play against each other. When we re-sleeved our Boston decks, that's what I brought to the table. So I know you're familiar with, with my thing, you know. And that's what I did. It was just big Dumbo bodies with combat tricks, high power, and, um, you know, at the time, Hindu man. But Knights, I I've been looking at Knights over and over again ever since. And the thing is, because people remember me being, like, that Knights guy, um, and, you know, any Knights guy out there can probably you know, attest to this, or, or if you're the anything guy of your locals, right? A new Knights card gets spoiled, and I get ba-ding, ba-ding, ba-ding. This happens to me with dancers now, Chris. Um, people message me every time a dancer gets spoiled, and, and I imagine this is probably something that used to happen to Oki with Dragoons when that was his Think, Can we Photoshop your face on, isn't there a card <laughs> named the Knight Dancer? Isn't there a card from last night yeah, called the, the Knight the, Dancer? The wrong can we just, knight, slap, wrong a name, yeah, can yeah. We just <laughs> slap a K in front of that and there slap you your face That's on it? That's me, yeah. I am the Knight Dancer. Um, but yeah, so, so Ramza, he's here and he's like, okay, he's got night on him and he costs seven. So I'm just ready for this to be a trap, right? I, I'm just like prepared already. A lot of these bad night cards come out, especially in fire. Like when Gawain came out, everybody was like, it's time. Fire, water, nice is here. And I was like, no, it's not. Like, why is it? Because every single fire target is bad, including the Steiner they just printed. And, uh, I'd like to think I was right. I don't think that that deck did very well. Then uh, fast forward a little bit, and we got um, Garland. Like Garland. Yep. Garland was finally a good fire target for Gawain, but even at the time, that deck just felt so fair compared to what else was happening. Because, you know, Marsh Ritz BFA at the time. Um, yep. So now we get to this Ramza. I think this is actually it, Chris. This Ramza, he has work too. So you pay two for him, and he comes back in two turns. That's already better than most of these really high cost warp cards in this set right yeah like, he lets you set up your break zone that warp two is letting you oh set God. the board up that you want just just fucking rolling out the red carpet for ramza when he arrives and just he getting him ready. play a knight of fire it's on the field like before we even there's a lot of good knights yeah John, um, there's yeah. a lot of good knights that cost five or less yeah there's not Holy just a lot shit. of good knights that cost five or less immediately before you even look at anything else Warp toing this Ramza, bringing him in and playing Gawain from the break zone onto the field to get yourself two more cards. You pay two to play two forwards and get two cards. Disgusting. Like, and that's the baseline for what I'm thinking about, like combos and stuff that you can do here. I mean, yep. it's just very, very strong. Then Dull Four Active Job Knight, choose a forward opponent controls, break it. I'll tell you what, I did a lot of dancers. You guys know, dancers was all about dulling four dancers. 
there are more mm-hmm. playable knights and more ways to cheat them in, and they live longer and they're less fragile than the dancers. I don't think this will be a problem at all. I think this will happen all the time. I think this mm-hmm. is so good that people are going to look at ways to get this off more than once a turn, and it doesn't stop you from doing that. And every time that you do it, you deal your opponent a point of damage. I, I think there are very much going to be times when, like, oh, no, I just don't have, like, forwards to target, or I could kill my opponent right now with this action ability and my attacks. Um, yeah, that, that, that's going to be so relevant. This card is insane. Yeah. It's maybe one of the best warp cards. What a sneaky little rare. Um, yeah. And I don't know why he's got this, like, Texas Roadhouse thing going on on his outfit <sighs> or what that is, but I'll tell you what. Uh, this guy is. You mess with the bull, you get the fucking horn. That's for sure. For sure. (laughs) He Rams is letting you know everything is bigger. He's from uh, his cost, his power, and the kind of plays he enables, dude. It is. uh... Rob's a warping in hot from a big ass fucking steak dinner (laughs) at Texas Roadhouse. He just warped in straight from Texas Roadhouse. That's right. That's right. See, the nice thing about warp is he can go out to a nice dinner and then he can still make it in time for for his enter ability. (laughs) To just bust some ass. (laughs) Oh, man. I love it. Yeah. uh, Card's very good. Yeah. Rons is very good. And then a card that I think um, people think of the name clash and they dismiss way too quickly that I think is actually a very strong card that we alluded to a little bit earlier is Ferris. Yeah, card's very good. I think Ferris is wild, dude. I think Ferris is very, very Mm -hmm. strong. When you play Ferris onto a board where you have even, like, one other Warrior of Light, it's a kill whatever you want. But, you know, like we talked about earlier, with all of these other effects that give you more efficient damage packets or ways to place them or ways to finish them off, Mm -hmm. you you think about Goblin, Salamander, Avalard, Squall. Mm -hmm. and, And, like, all of a sudden, wow, that's a lot of forwards that can do a little bit of damage, and then there was already a Mono Fire Warrior of Light deck, right? You have yep. Warrior of Light, Aegis, Soul, Ferris, Luneth. You know, mm-hmm. when you go into Light, you can go Lena, Bartz, Wall, Wall, and and it's just like, there's so many... Oh, Onion Knight? So yep. many Warrior of Lights. And yeah, you don't have to go out of your way to make this card good, which is just that's another mark of a good legend, right? I think you just played Mono Fire Warrior of Light, and I think this is giving you uh-huh. so many more damage packets. And unless your opponent is playing a Mono Fire deck, you pinging your own guys for one or two K a turn isn't gonna really help them do much because you're gonna kill everything uh-huh. that would be blocking to trade up. So I think that this is a really powerful deck. I think it's a it's a mathy deck. It's definitely tinkery. Like you have to figure out exactly what you do and don't need as strike mm-hmm. that balance between just like generically strong things and things that work with this combo but this is such a cool combo card and combo deck um i think that this is a lot of fun and this is going to be very real yeah absolutely um yeah it's fun and i love that you know we've kind of come away from like dada luma style effects we're slapping them on legends now where it's like mm. you know maybe maybe that was good um and i i, I agree with you i all the points you said i think ferris is going to be a build around car. There is going to be a lot of numbers. It's a KP math level deck. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see what comes out of it because I'm super excited about it. Um, one more fire card that I think we should mention that is probably going to be important when the 13 starter comes out. Oh, yeah. The thing yeah. that's mm-hmm. in this set. That's uh, that's definitely a card I think you're going to want to have when that 13 starter pops up because this fang is literally built I to think be. There's... 
Yeah, yeah, there's already a Fire Ice 13 deck now because of this set. Mm -hmm. I think there's a very real Final Fantasy 13 Fire Ice deck that exists mm -hmm. because of the new cards. And I think it mm -hmm. will only get stronger and it will probably finally have... It'll be fully realized when that starter comes out, I imagine. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So Fire's good. Moving on to Ice. Not really much here that I like. Uh, the two big ones for me, John, are all Hannah Lim and Trista. Um, I like all Hannah Lim just because it's just a good ability that should exist in this game. It it keeps it keeps certain lines of play honest. Um and it's, I mean, it's, te you telegraph the shit out of it, right? But it's one of those cards that when you telegraph it, like if you're playing against a deck that that's what their deck does, leaving that open is like, well, now you just don't get to take the turn you want to have. So like, like you play this on that turn, you're ready to bring in that Ramza. Well, I'm just going to leave Al Hanalim up and, uh, and you can't bait it out because it's every forward that comes into play that turn for a summoner and ability is removed from the game instead. So you can't play some yeah. bullshit to beat it and try to play the cards you want to play. He just stops the turn you want to have dead. So I really, really like that card in that regard. Now, it's not an every matchup card, but the fact that it's a breakable 2CP backup, if you, you play it early, if you find yourself in a matchup where you don't need it, then fucking break it and play a backup that you do need. You know what I mean? So it checks a lot of boxes for me. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really cool card to just be able to... Well, first of all, it's another great ice target for Norstalin, who was pretty much always grabbing Uke before, right? Um, mm -hmm. Nice even cost target for him. But yeah, it's just like... You really have to respect that card. Is that action mm -hmm. ability, Chris? Uh, that is... It, it's making people think twice about a lot of these like windmill slamming boards of free guys into play. Mm -hmm. yeah because you can like respond to the ability and it's just yeah. like okay well whatever the fuck you play you're at that point the only time the only thing that really allows your opponent to kind of alter their plan is when they play a guy that plays a free guy mm -hmm. you can now change what they want to play to get something worse out but then they don't get to do it again with the forward they want to play until another turn but now the enabler to play that free body is already on the board so you know what i mean like you're you're Decks that want to do that, this card takes those turns away from them. And in certain lists, that's really all you fucking need. Like, just them forcing them to take a turn off is good enough in well, a lot of situations. That's what is, is all about, right? It's about creating mm -hmm. the window, keeping the window open for exactly long enough, and winning. Um, mm -hmm. Alhanum <coughs> is an interesting card that helps you keep the window open a little longer, I think. That's right. That's right. And then Krista, I think Krista, again, we're talking about this cycle of monsters. Um, the random discard is always good. Yep. And, you know, it, another another card in, in conjunction with something like Biblos, um, you know, and the fact that, category you know, when eight. you start playing these category eight, exactly, it's also super relevant. And of course, I like this in those, you know, tempo decks where you, when you start trying to start triggering Biblos, your opponent just all of a sudden starts discarding cards so that you, they don't have to dull freeze. Well, now I've got a fucking 8K that's just coming in hot. So, like, this card does a lot of things, and I, I'm all for it. I'm definitely going to be trying this card out next set. I think it's good. I think it's just a good ice monster. Yeah, I gotta agree with you there. The fact that it's probably one of the easiest modal guys to activate, like if you're doing the ice yep. stuff and your opponent has two or less cards in hand, uh, I think of Squall when I think of that and how often Squall's yeah. on there, and the answer is almost always uh, when it matters. Mm -hmm. So, um, Yep. 
Yeah, I think that's good. I, I've got a few cards to talk about here in Ice, Chris. Yeah. Um, I think that we don't have to spend much time talking about Theodore, and he's just good. He's good. Just a Next. great Ice card. A, yeah. a card they needed. <laughs> um, Nero. So, mm -hmm. uh, Fire, or sorry, not Fire, Ice, Lightning, we always talk about how their backups uh, suffer. It's one of the weakest mm -hmm. parts of the element combination. Nero is now an EX backup that searches another backup that searches boards. And uh, now between Nero and that backup and um, the other backups that search backups and Ice Lightning are also Final Fantasy VII. It's Reeve into K-Sith. You have four Final mm -hmm. Fantasy VII backups that search each other. And I think you end up just playing those in Light Cloud and then that's your new starting point for an efficient yep. Lightning Ice deck. Mm -hmm. so, nope, I, I agree. Good. I think they really need more of that kind of backup choice and uh, and synergy. So, uh, also, I want to talk about the Shiva, Chris. I actually think the rate on the Shiva is very good. I think that one CP choose a forward, dull and freeze it, uh, potentially break it. I, I mean, probably not going to right ten ice cards from the break zone. But the fact that pay one break a forward is an ice summon at all. I don't care what the condition is. We've talked about how ice needs conditional break, right? Uh, that's really strong later. But if we're talking about, like, a lot of times we see cards that are good cards for, like, if you do a bunch of ice summon stuff, or, like, Shivas that want you to play more Shivas. And then we see these bad Shivas come out, and we just talk about, like, if this deck's ever going to be a thing, oh, yeah. these won't do it. This is a good, playable, usable Shiva. I think this goes straight into anything that's even remotely close to playable with Ice Shiva stuff. I think this card is, is a sneaky good card. 1CP is it's a, a It's rate. a sneaky, like, yeah, and it's just like a sneaky, I'm either going to scoot your guy out of the way, well, if it's like something like Kieran that can't be dull and froze, well, fuck it, I'll just kill him instead. Ice rarely can, Ice can't just, like, point at a guy and break it, and he doesn't have to be dull and frozen first. It's just choosing forward. I think that that's going to be a kind of card Ice should really keep an eye on, because... Uh, it's a neat card. I agree. Yeah, um, I agree. My only other note for Ice is says Faisalis is uh, yep. now another two CP Ice Knight Fire Ice FFBE Knights is probably really scary. Uh, now that they've got yeah. different Ramza also, that's probably pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, probably worth revisiting. Yeah, I concur. I concur. Well, let's uh, let's dive into Wind here, John. You know, we all we all love our green cards here, and uh, I'm just going to start with the, with the card I, I can't shut up about, and that's Iris. Um, yeah. Iris is probably my favorite card in the set, and I'm not looking at it at, for retainers. I'm looking at it for Kingsglaive. Like, I think I've this been card is in really interesting for Kingsglaive, man. I think that's really it's, cool. It's insane, and in, I think that's where it. I mean, it, yes. It's good for retainers, but yeah, I'll let you make the, you made some great points before we started recording, and I agree with you on all those. That's why mm -hmm. I think this card is so much better for Kingsglaive, and you're already in a position with uh, adding wind to the mix, where you've got the new wind retainers, Prompto, uh, the new Ignis, um, you've got the the wind Moogle that taps for Earth, so now in a pinch, you can pay, the, pay for the Gladio, you can pay for the Earth Ignis if need be, and you've already got a Noctis that is just the fucking, just the the win condition for Kingsglaive as it is, and now you can play Yestola, which gives your deck some protection. Um, and the fact that you have a card like new Iris Bart. in conjunction, new Bart, yeah, dude, new Bart becomes Dave. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. Right, yeah. absolutely. But then, like, you've got this 
this neat little rebate in conjunction with the discount you're already getting from Regis. You find yourself in a position where Fred is now giving you back CP. Your Nix is only costing you one. Libertus becomes a free play. You know, if you're getting a Nix mm-hmm. back from your break zone, which you are 100% of the time, um, just and then the fact that you've kind of got this built-in like protection as well, like yo, you you know, you don't want them to kill this. Uh, I don't know the ones that can't break themselves. You you want to protect your fucking five CP Noctis mm-hmm. long enough to move all their shit out of the way and win the game. Iris can do that. You know, like exactly. Yeah, Iris Iris does an awful yeah, also, yeah. I mean, again, we're I Noctis at that point in the game is giving you back CP because well, you play him for free. But yeah, and then then so then yeah. When you play your four CP Noctis, you search a guy and you untap the backup. Oh, I'm talking about the five CP Noctis. I'm talking about oh, the five the, CP the, the lightning, the lightning guy. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. The one I'm like, no, Noctis yeah. is four, brother. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no, yeah. yeah. Kingsley. Yeah, he's, he's free. Kingsley. Yeah. Yeah. He's giving you back yeah. CP at that point. Both just him like and Tread are both, yeah, yeah, they become free. Like you get an extra CP. So. Exactly. So that that's what I'm that's what I'm really sinking my teeth into next set. I, and again, you know, we touched on it. I love the Barts. I think it's just just a really neat job, uh, fucking job category five job large um, with a really neat effect. Um, and the fact that like he can kind of shut like if you're playing against like a fire deck or something, you can just in a pinch just make him fire, and then they can't fucking do anything. Do he he is like the tomato. Yeah, so the Bart's, you know, obviously, the, we're talking about the new guy, the 2CP 5K enters the field, mm-hmm. you name a job or element other than light or dark, and he gets it. Um, mm-hmm. And then each forward other than Bart's you have with that job, he just gets swole. He's like a Fran. Yep. You know, she always gets that plus two for the Pirates, and he's like that, but just mm-hmm. like for whatever you pick. It's funny how interesting, like, there's a lot of parallels between this and Fran. Um, but then he yeah. can't be chosen by summons or abilities that share his element. So... Um, mm-hmm. It's cool because he'll always be protected by Wind X, like Wind and whatever else. Um, yep. This card is just really, really neat. He doesn't do the stuff that the three CP Barts does, where he like enables things as he enters, right? Mm-hmm. But like that's only about half like the tribal synergies, right? There's plenty of them that mm-hmm. are just like if you have these guys, if a job like this attacks, you know, mm-hmm. for each job like this you control. Um, or, you know, you can sacrifice a job named X, maybe, like in Kingsglaze, like we're talking about. And I just think it's so cool that this Bart's, uh, he comes in, he's probably immediately a 7k, but probably larger than that, right? Has mm-hmm. some two-color protection, and you've got to choose at least one of them to make it somewhat relevant. And uh, then he's just enabling all those different things. For 2CP, that's the kind of investment where, like, I don't mind running this guy out to combo with all my different tribes. I think this yeah. is one of the coolest, like, Bart's takes on the tribe cards we've had in a long time. Because the only other one that does it this good is Ropus 3. And he's a little understated, right? He's cost 3, doesn't really have much else going on, and is a 6k mm-hmm. that takes a little bit of work to get him up. You're usually going to get the keywords, and you're rarely going to get the plus 3, right? This guy's going to get bigger than that guy really fast. Yeah, he's not going to have the haste or the first strike or anything like that, but I don't think most of the time you're playing it for that. You're playing it for the job synergies. So this card is really, really interesting in things like Dragoons, in things like, um, you know, Soiree, in things like, you said, of course, Kingsglaives, Rebels maybe. Yeah, there's just so many angles for this guy. Yeah, I agree. Well, John, what about you? What win cards of uh, what win cards are you looking at? 
Poppy brother, our split now. <laughs> yes, I Poppy. I can't, dude. I uh, Poppy. Uh, Ark is just good, right? Yeah, Ark's just a, just a, like you know, like the you know, Four CP people EX. have been referring to him as the second here, coming right? of like the brand. But as a seven K, he's not as squishy. Yeah, I mean, he looks at the top five cards and adds one of either fire, earth, or water. So you just figure if I'm playing wind X on any of those colors, I hit at card. Yep. Right? It's not forward. It's not character. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, it's card. Yeah. <laughs> so summons get drawn as well. That's, that's rare text and always nice to see. Um, yeah. Then, uh, you know, the other thing is whatever. Like, I, I think sometimes you'll have that, I don't think, outside of Warrior of Light or, like, the rare multicolor deck you're even considering mm -hmm. his second ability. I think you're just looking at this efficient guy who, like, who does some great add-a-card-to-my-hand EX, good body. Yeah, he's a 2CP 7K, effectively. Yeah. Uh, there's a very real, like, Warrior of Light list that play mostly new Warrior of Lights in a couple different color combinations, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think those decks are... Uh, you know, there have been so many times where they release, like, okay, here's a new slate of four Warrior of Light kids or something like that. And they're always mm -hmm. just like really mediocre, and even when you play them all together, they don't do the thing. But mm -hmm. if we look at just like okay, you play new Ark, new Luneth, you play new Ferris, you play new Barts, or you know insert Barts mm -hmm. here, Light Ferris. Like wait, Firewind Warrior of Light is like is really a pretty complete deck. You know, yeah. you have two different Onion Knights, and God, maybe you even go a little crazy and you go. You know, you've got two different Onion Knight Warrior lights. You could do your Onion Knight <laughs> dual element. They added Duncan. I got the phone. Uh, where is uh, he? His ears are burning. Yeah, I just think that there's um, there's a lot to unlock in Warrior of Light that has always been waiting for better pieces along the way. It feels like one of those tribes that um, the Ferris got us there for like a little bit, but it's been mm -hmm. waiting for like you know, like look at Samurais, Dragoons, these things. When they get one or two cards, they just come right back. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Think Warrior Light usually has that effect when one or two more cards come back and get added in. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's weird name clash. I think we actually landed in a spot here where the name clash is not sufficient on some of these cards, and we have just upgraded every unique named Warrior of Light at this point to some really compelling yeah. choices. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like it. I like it. Well, some other cards, John, that I also enjoy. Um, big fan of Yuffie, obviously. I think Yuffie just has a wall of really strong text. But I also, I, I like Leafkin. I love Leafkin. Let's yeah. talk about some reasons I love Leafkin. I love this art. I love my girl yeah. Arciella is like praying in the background and and like mm -hmm. Leafkin is like putting on a show. Uh, I love that this is a Final Fantasy XI backup that costs 2 CP mm -hmm. and is green, and so Simon Lafina is, like, already out. I can still continue into that, that search chain. Um, I love that Leafkin is a damage 3, 3 break, put him in the break zone, search for a 5 or 6, yeah, and just play these these really strong cards, and Wind mm -hmm. or Wind X decks are always playing into those late-game strategies with those big, dumb... Yep. Uh, beaters it is a little bit specific it's not or less right it has to be five or six mm -hmm. uh, so it does force you into certain lanes but like you said when one of those lanes is bismarck uh yeah that, that's a pretty efficient that's a way fucking to get the hov the lane that is the express <laughs> lane to victory yeah there's nothing wrong with that i think that's just a very good card and, and it'll see a lot of play leafkin fucking showing its sleeves there's nothing on there takes tad off oh, it's bismarck yeah 
Uh, Cerberus is one where like, Adam Duncan keeps asking me how I feel about this card. Uh, I think is Cerberus the one. I feel like uh, maybe it was Mr. Cool's. He was like, "This is so good." He was like, "So high on it." I just uh, I feel like we can do all these things and win, and we're already struggling for spots. So I just I just feel like it doesn't solve something that we're looking to solve. Maybe I'm wrong, and it's just great, and we just play it all the time. Uh, again, and like the cast style decks, sure, you're always gonna, you know, he's gonna be very easy to turn on the zero and activate all your backups. I just, um, yeah, I don't know. Are we not yeah, playing? I, I like, like, I like how Cerberus. many monsters are we playing in our wind deck? Right, and I think that's the only that's the only thing that's I can see Ochu, is Typhon, like, yeah, we're like, spaces are tight, and I think I think Cerberus is a very good card, but I think it's a matter of. No doubt, yeah, he's got good text, good card, yep. right? It's just like a lot of the other cards um, are either so they're just more efficient by nature of being one or two, like that's big, mm -hmm. right? Or they actually solve a problem, like choose a forward to cost five or more and break it is not the same as choose one forward and put it under mm -hmm. the top four cards of the deck. You know, Typhon solves exactly. a problem in both a a flexible way and a unique way. And Cerberus Absolutely. is flexible in the nature of what he can do, but his removal is not flexible, right? So, exactly. Um, he's good for like extending your turn for sure, but I think that Wind is very good at extending their turn already. So it's just a matter of um, is this doing more than the thing I cut for it? Yeah, if it is, then yeah, it's a great card and goes in the deck. Definitely efficient, cool art. I love the like the yellow splash behind it. It's just a really neat effect, a little touch. Um, yeah. yeah, but but we'll see. It's not bad. Again, I don't mean that ever. But these cards are bad. Uh, when I'm cautiously, you know, evaluating them, I just think. Yeah, absolutely. I start to think about yeah. like, oh yeah, this is is this a card good? Yeah. All right. Now I'm building a deck with it. Uh, well, man, when I need slots, it's one of the first things that comes out. Exactly. It's like, well, I know all this other stuff is proven good, and I can begin and tell you a bunch of other different reasons why it's good. It. I probably just have to make myself play it, and I'll see the light. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cards, are, you know, well, I, I don't have a clever segue here. I thought I did, but then I stopped myself I'm just going to say, in general, um, wind this set, pretty tame. Yeah, I agree. Pretty chill. I agree. Yeah, uh, all the people yeah. who freak out out there over green cards, I think the green cards are just going to be doing... Uh, I don't think they got any new angles. I think they're going to be doing the same stuff they've been doing. Um, mm -hmm. The Wind X decks got some new angles. But I yeah. think Mono Wind is very much either going to work the way that it existed, or mm -hmm. it's going to evolve like pretty dramatically in some direction. Yeah, I agree. And then, uh, so moving on to Earth, one of those X colors you talk about, um, John. I'm gonna say uh, what I think is probably the best Earth card in this set is Polk. They gave Avalanche a yellow fucking turn one backup. <laughs> Dude, I will uh... play. I will play this card on turn one for. He's practically two CP because you're gonna pitch an operative, get it right back. And then you're locked and fucking loaded. John, dude, I will play this guy turn one. They may as well have put this card in the Noir collection instead of Vincent, dude. Instead of one of Jesus the Vincents Christ. to put in the goddamn Polk because this card is going to see play. This card it's... is good. Uh, Doug, you know that we are an Avalanche family here in the RV Returners. Damn we right. have taken these cards and we have put them on the table against many opponents to great success. And mm -hmm. Polk will continue that reign of terror. 
I apologize to the opponents uh, that we will face. This mm -hmm. card is very good. This card and Nio, like, why they made two more yellow avalanche operative backups, I don't know. Uh, but mm -hmm. they did. The consistency of that deck is not only increased drastically, Chris, but we used to always talk about how people who were playing a long game with that deck... I mean, this was us at first, remember? Mm -hmm. I was something like two Titans and two Susanos and Chantoto, mm -hmm. and it was like, this deck has all this access to all these good board wipes and all this efficient stuff, but the power of Avalanche was just like, you want to turn on their abilities as early and as often as possible and just do the mm -hmm. thing. And those ideas kind of clashed, right? And mm -hmm. as we moved on, it was like, well, I don't want any red backups. So if I don't want any red backups, playing all this efficient late-game red stuff isn't good either, and it's going to gum me up. And it just wound up being this very YOLO-y kind of early deck, which isn't normally my style, but there was just so much juice in there that it was worth the squeeze. Well, now, yeah, Chris... because you the... draw a shit ton of cards, and because you draw a shit ton of cards off of that deck, if you get wiped, you fucking just play it all out again. Yeah. Uh, dude, now we've got concentrate, dude, and we can just make juice yes. all the time. We've got, we have concentrated avalanche operative, and like you've got now two more backups in color. You've got four more mm -hmm. operatives. Billy Bob, we're gonna talk about later, goes straight into that deck. <laughs> Fucking gasoline, goes, dude. Goes straight into the deck. He, you don't even worry about the color. He goes right into the deck, sight unseen. Yep. No changes to our current. <laughs> yeah. Plus Billy Bob, minus Arcella. Like, it's just, yep. um, like, yeah, Avalanche just was already tier one, is staying tier one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gross to me that that was the card they, uh, like, they, they opted to do this. Like, I, I thought this, I think, like, Nao was crazy when I first saw it. And then I was like, oh, that's crazy. They put a, an Avalanche backup on color. Then I saw Pulp. <laughs> and I was like, you gave me a turn one yellow Avalanche backup? Get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, this guy might as well be 4CP because I'm paying 4CP for him on turn one every single fucking time. Uh, and then even then, I don't hate, if I if I don't have it in my opening hand, I've got Elfie, I'm going right into fucking this guy after I play Elfie. So like, then I'm, it, I don't know, dude. Like, this card's so nuts. This card should not exist. I, I, also, all these up. cards, these no, they cards make Elfie better, right? Because you yeah. just have more Avalanche operatives to discard. Like, they make Barrett better because you have more cards that he can trade for other cards. Um, you now are turning most of your backups in the deck into trade. The, it's just like, uh, yep. I, I don't know. These are really interesting. I think that it's so cool that they them in some other colors and i can start to think about this deck as like a earth x where i'm cheating the fire stuff like that start to be really interesting because of how little we really wanted to do the fire stuff to begin with um yep yeah i, I definitely will be playing in that sandbox this set for sure absolutely um and then uh, i think the monster is really good but i think the only other oh, uh, earth card that i the only, only earth card i really like um, I and I think it's my favorite art in the set. I love the Cryo backup. Oh yeah, she's very good. Again, just another um, efficient and good in a boring way. Incredible art yep. with that dragon in the background. Uh, yeah, this is amazing. Why wasn't this the art for the two CP legend? That's okay. Um, yep. This card, yeah, the beautiful card, great uh, EX burst in the corner. Modal to either get back a forward or get a summon. Probably ninety nine percent of the time, getting back a summon uh, is Job Warrior of Light, which is cool for some reasons. Yeah. Love yeah. Crow. Um, for me, 
I was not sure how I felt about Gallif, and to be honest, I saw Gallif played in a couple games, and I immediately was like, yeah, this guy is pretty good. I have been feeling that way about the 3CP Legend Prish, Chris. I'd recently yeah, been putting 3CP I know Legend you have. Prish into my Earth Wind deck, and I, I wasn't really high on that card when I first tried it, and the more I played it, I was like, yeah, this is actually just good at what it does, it, it, like stopping aggressive decks, and like checking the board state for a bit, and slowing things down. Um, I mm -hmm. saw some people playing this Gallop recently. I'm actually really interested in this card. I think that, again, this is another, uh, and this actually has a lot of good in a boring way, is a phrase I've been using a lot, type cards, where, like, does it do this crazy flashy thing? Immediately, no. Um, but, you know, it does have some really, like, cool value you can unlock, and there are plenty of ways to make it, like, not so inefficient to test your opponent and see if they have that removal or that answer. And if they don't, well, Gallop's just printing you money every turn, so that's pretty nice. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Gallop is a really neat card, and I can't wait to see, uh, you know, but I always feel bad because, like, Gallop has had a lot of legends that are like, oh, man, that seems really fucking good. But then, like, it just kind of, much like his character halfway through the game, <laughs> just starts to just kind of starts to just fade away i feel um, like galaxy has had a lot of see. cards that have had a lot of words on them but that i've never felt like i wanted to play this card yeah. has the same amount of words on it but i'm actually interested in putting it on the field so. absolutely uh i have one well, last earth card oh go ahead go ahead go ahead riku uh yeah dude i've been looking at that like I, man i i like this card. i do like this card as well riku is just dude i was one of the guys um I was playing Nickel stuff, you know, in Opus 13 mm -hmm. when that first came out. And as everybody came off Nickel, dude, Nickel just still, he always felt worth to me. Like, I, it was just doing well in my Sophie deck, you know? He would, you know, the fact that Sophie is just looking for more forwards to be on the field and he could give it mm -hmm. plus two, plus the extra one because she's dual. And I was playing, you know, one Anthem on my back line. Like, that was good. Mm -hmm. he, he was doing it for me. It was working out. Um, these days, when Sophie doesn't exist anymore... It does not oh. work out for me because just the multi-element thing wasn't good enough. People were right. The fact that he was sometimes like a pseudo plus four for Sophie, uh, or basically that he got her up two ticks because he was plus three, was yep. really, really good. And that value on top of it was just so nice. The Riku is here. Riku is in a better color, Earth. It says, mm -hmm. Earth backups you control can produce CP of any element. Ooh, intriguing, smooth. I'm not looking to cheat crazy rainbow stuff. I'm looking to smooth out existing multi-element strategy right you and mean like avalanche like <laughs> i don't know if avalanche has room for this but yeah i mean maybe right uh, it could well, dude, it could go right in avalanche we could try it because sure. we've got four multi-element cards yeah. now we've got tifa cloud baird and william robert <laughs> william robert that's right but I, I think that i think riku is really really intriguing for the other two abilities here when you cast a multi-element mm -hmm. forward you choose an earth forward other than riku and put it in your hand um, mm -hmm. oh, sorry, the other ability is not two, but yeah, yeah, the the other ability there. It's just like the thing about Nickel is he was draw a card, mm -hmm. and draw a card is all well and good. You know, helps you keep a nice full hand, helps you keep efficient. You know, cards going, it, it gives you card advantage. But Riku getting you any Earth forward, mm -hmm. it's like man, let me just get the best action I need. Uh, you know, sometimes a combo right now, sometimes my next best thing I'm going to do, like, these Earth X decks, especially multi-element decks, are always just these late-game, you know, mm -hmm. toolboxy kind of decks, 
and she just says, you know, keep getting back your best tools. Um, whether yep. or not a 3TP7K that is very, very, very Milli Vanilli mm-hmm. uh, has a, a place where it can survive in today's day and age, we'll see. But boy, mm-hmm. if this isn't a card that I, a lot of people have already been tinkering with, I bet. Like, this is a card that is fun to build with and think about the possibilities of you put a poster of this card on your wall when you're a teenager and you imagine yourself dating this card. You're like, yeah, it's maybe not... maybe one day, you know. It's not very realistic, but, like, it's fun to think about. Yeah, she is the Cindy Crawford Pepsi yeah. poster for sure. But, yeah, I like Riku a lot. I agree with you. Um so yeah, that's Earth overall. I mean, nothing too terribly crazy. Just uh, I mean, other than fucking Polk, I think old James K. Polk is uh, just a little too too much. Um, now moving on to purple cards, John. Um, there's a there's a couple decent ones here. Um, my favorite one, oddly enough, is actually Cindy. Um, mm. Again, going back into this Kingslave stuff, the thing I like about her the most is well, she's only going to cost me one CP when I've got Iris out. She has haste, and if I have knocked this out. She's going to dole, uh, I can tap her. She's going to dole something on entry because of Noctis, and then she's going to dole something else. And in the early game, she's going to deal me a point of damage, setting up my Aranea triggers. Brother, which is... <laughs> I'll do you one better. You've got Iggy mm-hmm. out. If you're mm-hmm. doing, if you're doing like Earth Lightning, right? You play this, you've got your Brave. You attack, yep. you dole a thing. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. This card is just. Um, again, it's really, really good in a simple way. Like, yes, the fact that the haste enables its own dull, and yeah, people are talking a lot about the oh, well, it deals you this point of damage. Is that something, something, blah, blah, blah? That's fine, that's whatever. Like, I, I don't think King's Blade is super worried about damage. In fact, we could take plenty as we're getting ready to win the game. You know, it's, it's a beefy kind exactly. of thing. You're playing so many forwards, Chris, that you're deciding not to chump block if you're ever taking that damage. You know, they mm-hmm. have to get through your dicks. Yeah, oftentimes it's either like you just completely are out of gas so they can run you over or you end up with a board with a bunch of forwards on it and you don't have to take very much damage. I think that there's plenty of room for her action ability to deal you damage and you to feel fine. And what's cool is yep. at a certain point, like you just can't kill yourself with it anymore so you're doing okay. Um, exactly. And yeah, also, too, one of the things I like, and if you look right next to her, uh, I'm on FF decks. Uh, what else does she enable? Uh, if you're in a world where you know you could set up a Sid so far turn, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and Sid's not like, bad either because he just gets you back your best glade, and it's a yep. chain. You know, he gets a Libby, and Libby gets Nyx, and you know the the whole thing starts all over again. Yep. Also, you Big know, same. I like that they're both engineers. The Citadel grows. The Citadel uh, grows by two. That's right. The Cindy Dell. Oh, the Cindadel. I'm here for it. <laughs> well, John, what about you? What about purple cards uh have got you um have got you uh you know feeling kind of nice down down in your nethers? Well, I sure like Final Fantasy Eleven, and there's a lot mm-hmm. for me to munch on in purple for Final Fantasy Eleven. Um, mm-hmm. first I'm going to talk about August. I think August is a card that is so cool. I want to look at very, very cool. Obviously, um, August's like best life is you've chanted your opponent or something, mm-hmm. and then you've played your August down. Maybe you have, uh, <laughs> Opus 4 legend Kefka your opponent. Hell and yeah. then you play August down. <laughs> uh, Beautiful. But, but more likely... August is your fun, interesting Rampair target in a world where you're Clarising for Rampair in a Lightning mm-hmm. Earth deck, and um, 
you know, Claris and sorry, not Claris, but Rampair and August are both Final Fantasy Eleven cards. So mm -hmm. you know, you do your Star Sibley stuff, and all of a sudden this deck's starting to kind of come together because you have your choice of Aphmaus and Arcielas. You've got August, you've got Rampair, Claris, Shantoto, Star Sibyl, um, and and you've got just a lot of options. Robel Akbel, you start to kind of go into some of the interesting crystal stuff. Um, you get Shadow Lord is of course a uh, Final Fantasy Eleven card, right? If Shadow Lord comes in and blows up three of your opponent's forwards with that, you know, either tribal synergy or standard unit hit, um, and even if he hits one of your own guys, if you share a job, you get August to come in. I think that it's pretty easy to incidentally enable this guy. He's got really, really good on attack trigger, and I think that the fact that he's in eleven. Six cost, so you can Sybil in this 10k, and the fact that that mm -hmm. stat line is 10k, yeah, this guy's got, he's got a home. He's got a home. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, otherwise, not much in not much in purple has me really jazzed. They're um, trying you know, to get I'm you bummed. to play Final Fantasy VIII. I just don't think that we're there. Maybe no, we I don't know. We'll I, see. I don't think so. Like I, I, I like them in like. A, a pauper world they need but... to be backups brother like i can't yeah, i can't just live and die us. by having three forwards on the field at the same time before i start doing what i want to do you know i just can't i just can't exactly speaking of uh not needing any forwards on the board to do what i want to do the very first card in water is what i want to talk about almost yeah i was gonna say john ray we're going to water next this is oh your, my god dude you're free bird let's let's go i you're love in, water in and there's just so many good water cards i just i'm so yeah, happy this, this is this was your time to shine sir you you are ready I talk love, to me talk i love to me my queen my queen oh, ash oh, dude six cp first of all uh, we've talked about this before. Water cards don't get natural 9k bodies. It doesn't happen. It's rare. When it does happen, it's always appreciated. The fact that this is a 6cp 9k. Mwah. Go ahead. Amaterasu, my very cheap Ash. The 6cp EX, for whatever reason, 9k power. Cost required to cast Ash is reduced by one for each water backup you control. And when she enters the field uh, until the end of the turn, loses 2,000 power for each water backup you control. Um oh baby so you figure you've got uh, this is the scenario everybody likes to talk about oh you got five backups she costs one and she kills something okay sure whatever um let's rewind a little bit uh, i think that this card is perfectly serviceable in water x decks and people have been telling me no when i say this here's the thing you know the power loss power loss is a very powerful form of either removal or combo potential we're already in a world where people are playing fire, water, and they're doing goblin stuff. You've got Verena, you've got this goblin package that has three deferred damage packets of 3k. You've got the goblin that on attack throws a little damage around. You've got the goblin that hastes. Um, you have plenty of ways to do a little bit of ping, a little bit of this here and there. Think about the Agrius. Agrius used to come in and do minus seven, and that was totally fine right that that was often a kill or helped you get there also um you just point at something that's too big well guess what it's not blocking this turn or it's gonna either get removed by you just attacking with one of your smaller weenie guys um if you're playing ferris and you're doing like a water fire warrior flight thing very easy to finish that off hanging into yep. you know you play ash down for probably what two three i'll play a three cp that <laughs> i'll play a three cp 9k that drops something's power by 6k. Of course I'd do that. That sounds fine to me, you know, and the fact that that card is also an EX and that can go 
you know, better for me in the cost and power reduction direction. You Ferris a couple of things, you Goblin something. I, I think that this card is really good. I don't think it's locked into a mono environment, but I think it's so good in a mono environment that mono water is immediately got a seat at the table. I agree. I've been thinking I about agree. this card a lot. Sorry for <laughs> my no, no, card's really good. The card is yeah, very, very yeah, good. The card is incredible. And there, there's a lot of incredible blue cards here, John. Let's, I mean, let's, I mean, I'm just going to go through and just say, name some of the ones. I think Ingrid is really good. Echidna, I think, is Echidna good. Echidna is um, so good. Yeah. 8K for doing something you want to do, drawing a card, basically. Like, you trade mm -hmm. a summon for a card. Um, and it, when it enters, it gets a summon back to hand. So there's all kinds of, like... Like bounce my own guy stuff that's very efficient and strong. I, what a good card! What John, a good monster. This is this is a card I see that makes me say, "Thank God, Mashiri is not here anymore." <laughs> this this is the the first card I've seen that makes me go, "Okay, thank God, Mashiri isn't here." Because I think this in conjunction with Mashiri would be fucking gross. Well, I mean, think um, of, you were already doing realm turns where you're like, "Why well, might as well put the blue worms in the deck?" So you'd go get Goblin and Blue, blue Worm, and you would search a card, draw a card. Now you get Goblin mm -hmm. and Echidna, and you search a card and put a put an Amaterasu back in your hand. Like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then continue yeah. to draw cards without the fragility of Blue Worm. The here, you know, one and done. <laughs> you search out a six K. That's a one and done body. So you're probably just getting that card then, and then cashing that in way later. Instead, of Echidna's like yeah. you get that card right then. It's probably a higher quality card. It's certainly a card yeah. that you've chosen versus a random card. And yeah. the fact that it's got that just repeatable ability, it, it's immediately useful. Very strong monster. Yeah, yeah. Echidna's Echidna might be the best of the bunch. You know, in my mm -hmm. opinion, um, it's very, very good. It's between um, that and the dragon, I, also, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also like the. I uh, also like Leviathan, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, I do like the backup, the the um, Calmia, Calmia. Oh yeah, so Calmia is interesting. Calmia is like if we had a Minwoo type backup, and Minwoo, by all accounts, is too slow these days. Um, mm -hmm. If we had a Minwoo type backup, how do we make it worth playing? What if we just gave it two? Cool blanket effects. Yes. Um, cards in your break zone can't be chosen by opponent summons or abilities. Power of forwards mm -hmm. you control can't be decreased by summons or abilities. This is pretty interesting. Um, if mono water becomes very strong, this card is pretty good. Like, again, mm -hmm. if, if basically if Ash is just running rampant, uh, it's worth playing a Kalmia in your deck. Uh, otherwise, I don't know, she feels a little bit techy and a little bit... It's not universal enough because it doesn't stop, like... X Death or Mist Dragon, mm -hmm. right? Because they're not choosing cards in your break zone. Um, so I think that it is close. I think if it had the Lena text, it would actually make mm -hmm. uh, it would be two tech lines that were good enough to slot. But I think it might actually just be a little bit outside of the realm of worth playing. Yeah, and speaking of Lena, that's another one. I, th I think Lena is very, very good. Yeah, Lena's a, just a good card. Again, um, you play Lena with the new Ferris or even old Ferris because unless you're doing crystal heavy, I think this lets you go outside of crystals and not have to use you know the expensive 5CP. Like You don't have to do the light Lena. Again, save that light slot for one of the other millions of Warrior of Lights. Like, you're always happy in Warrior of Light when you get a name upgrade for somebody that isn't a light card because then you unlock oh, you the light card. Glorious. Yeah, um, again, Lena does have that blanket text where she protects your entire break zone from, you know, X-Deaths mm -hmm. or from Mist Dragons. 
Um, but the fact that she, her remove 12 thing, which is just one of those abilities we've seen them really like in this game, um, mm -hmm. you're probably going to resolve this on average once a game, right? Yep. But the thing is, again, that it's Eddie Water forward. Like, that's not just a body. That's an event. <laughs> yeah, do you see that? You see that face? She's fucking. Uh, she's rubbing there on the car. That's Leviathan. It's Leviathan. It's, it's essentially yeah. She's petting Leviathan. Yeah, Leviathan. Free nine CP that completely resets your board state. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, for starters, right? Just yeah, very, very powerful card. Mm -hmm. Um, I, like like you play this, you play Fancred off color. Yeah, Fancred comes in and just plays whoever the hell else. You know, because mm -hmm. you have so many water characters. Then they, uh, you play this, thank you, it's a free Leviathan. Like, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't even know. The, the ceiling on this card is pretty high in a mono water deck. I think it's also just interesting enough that it's Princess and Warrior of Light, so it has relevance um, it, for jobs. Yeah. Water or fire with this, I think, is really compelling in a non-crystal angle, but more of a damage mm -hmm. ping angle. Um, yeah, good card, cool card, great art. Yeah. I agree. John, any other water card, stands cool out card, that uh, uh Renoa, I like Renoa. Renoa's a very good card. Renoa is a cheap, say, efficient. Okay. She's three CP seven K. Yeah. She's got warp two for only one water. So you just pay one water good. and get rid of this. So it's like a three CP. Like you're paying that um you know when you do the like you may pay X cards? What you're doing in those mm -hmm. is like, okay, you're not actually paying the full cost of that thing because you're getting rid of the cost of um of like the card itself so like if i were to pay four for odin and then use it to kill a four cp forward i actually paid six because i paid four for odin mm -hmm. and then i got rid of the card from my hand which is always like basically two cp so the odin mm -hmm. right but whenever you do something like an emmet self right he, you pitch four and you play a backup out of your deck you're actually getting that virtual two cp discount on the backup like you're playing it more efficiently because mm -hmm. it's coming out of your deck and going right onto the field and you're not sacrificing one of the cards mm -hmm. in your hand to do it it's not four cp to play on this and then another card for my hand for the backup mm -hmm. so the fact that renoa is like when you warp her for one it's like you're paying an actual three not renoa and the card from hand so it's like this big free discount on renoa then she comes in and you can do that kind of discount again where you can very much pay the cp cost of a card but almost always mm -hmm. a card's actual value worth is the CP cost of the card plus two. And when we talk about cards in that situation, when we evaluate them this way, this is the kind of card where there's a payoff for thinking of cards in that sense. Because when I look at a card like this Renoa, if I wanted to kill this Renoa, it's three plus the card I'm using to remove the three cost card, right? Mm -hmm. If I want to play this Renoa from hand without warp, it's three plus the two for playing this Renoa for my hand. So she is like this five mm -hmm. that usually dictates a, an equal cost of five to remove her. But because Renoa can remove something for that minus two, that's actually a very efficient spot removal on a body. In, it's the best kind of spot yeah. removal too, because it's put into the break zone. It's put not into just the break. break zone, not break. And her Angela Cannon S <clears throat> is another great piece of spot removal. Um, yep. I think this card is again. I, I've been saying this. This is the phrase of the set is great in a boring way. It's not mm -hmm. flashy, but it's just good. Good card. Yep. Good card is good. 
Yeah, I like it. I like it. Now, uh, real quick, we'll dive into the lighter dark cards. The only one that I'm mostly interested in is Ultimisha. I think there's something really neat there, but I don't know. I think the more popular that the Luso type style decks get, the more people mm-hmm. start to look at cards like Ultimisha because she can kind of really gum up that engine. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a powerful card. I don't think anybody disagrees that that effect is strong. We will see what it looks like in practice. Yeah. Other than that, I think the other light and dark cards are pretty. I mean, I think the squall's okay. Um, squall's also, interesting if you're going all in on eight. Yeah, there's there's he's definitely compelling enough to play him over the other squalls, mm-hmm. which is all you're asking for. Yep. And uh, and I think it is interesting in this set that we don't have legends. It's all heroics. It's because they for the light and dark room for um some of the extra multicolor stuff we got. So they did. So yeah, let's so dive right heroics. into those. Well, uh, I mean, we can take these by element. We got Fire Ice first. Um, I mean, obviously, Star is the standout there. Yeah, so Kaius I just can... have a blanket. Yeah, basically, Caius and Snow go into that, like I was saying, that Fire Ice Final Fantasy thirteen deck that I think exists mm-hmm. now. Because when Snow reveals the top two and, like, puts a card out for, mm-hmm. you know, you can cast it any time, like, Caius is a perfect card to do that with. Because then when you mm-hmm. go later and you play out your whole hand naturally, you're like, oh, and I have the Caius, who I'll play without having to like sacrifice my whole hand. And yep. then he's a good card. Yeah, so I think both of these guys just slide straight into a Final Fantasy thirteen oops all, you know, Fire Ice thirteen guys deck. Um, mm-hmm. and they have no home outside of that at all. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Axstar is actually good. Uh Axstar he's good in a weird way. I don't think this guy actually just naturally fits into Fire Ice the way that it has ever looked. I think you have to mm-hmm. come up with a new Fire Ice that's meant to work with this guy. But in a, in the land of threes, it becomes the land of freeze, Chris. Yes, it does. Yeah, and uh, he's gonna go ahead and just it, for a deck building cost of you know not that bad. You know, just play a lot of three drops in your deck. You unlock this potential mm-hmm. to uh, have this guy come in, dull freeze all the other forwards. Uh, let you play mm-hmm. another one of those forwards from your hand and uh, blow up one of their guys as long as you keep that board. It's just everything. It feels like the Laswell from the earlier Fire Ace Laswell we were talking about, just mm-hmm. like way better in every way. You know, like, yeah, you and like the love this card. Yeah, oh, I'll yeah, for sure. Love this card. For sure. This is like a wet dream for the Majestic deck. Yeah, absolutely. Hunter salivating. Oh, he is. He is. I can. I can see it from here. Um, now, next up, we've got Earth Fire. Um, John, I got to take a second. It's been what sixteen sets at this point that I've been waiting for a playable Bosch. And oh boy, did I get it, Chris? John, we, did I? Did I? We get were it? asking and asking and asking, and Christmas came early this year. It sure did. Because this guy is Rio Maedo, who is like one of my absolute favorite artists. Uh, and all the Ryoma Ito stuff makes me so happy. Yeah. This card's very good, and he's also now going into Avalanche. So, John, we, we got another another multi-element card to, to, to state our case for Riku. Um, but anyway, I, I think it does slow the stuff down. But anyway, I think Bosch is a very, very good card. He can clean up your hand. Uh, like, if you have a really bad early draw, um, he can go and, you know, not even looking at his damage abilities, just right off the bat, you know, you're going to take yourself a point of damage, which in, it could be, you know, one of your amazing search your deck for whatever bursts anyway. I mean, like the dream is, right, you you play Bosch, you flip Tiro or something, and you're just, you just go, just go digging for two pieces of gold. Yeah, and you punch your ticket to Worlds, yeah. 
Um, yeah, pretty much. Yep, Abash is the kind of card that he he has this drawback on him that feels very fair, but at the same time, you're just looking to turn it into not a drawback, right? Like, it's like, yeah. oh, okay, well, we have to put something that happens to you on that search. And even if you get the EX, the fact that you took the damage is like, you know, it's relevant in a lot of ways, although you're able to make that work for yourself. Uh, Bosch, to me, feels like uh, the the first sign that we've had from above to actually try to genuinely attempt a Fire Earth Monk deck because he enables your Yang immediately and you don't have to do any of that stupid Cecil nonsense. Because he comes yeah. in, he hits you, and then you go get Yang or Ursula. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like, hello, finally. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that that's really, really interesting. But yeah, he is just such a good card in Avalanche, in any Fire Earth, and actually in kind of like Earth X, right? He's just that good um, because yeah. the Earth pool of characters is so strong and Earth allows you to do multi-elements so easily. It's also character, not forward, which is huge. It doesn't have a yeah. cost restriction, which is huge. He's not punished at all for his curve for it, which is huge, probably because of the multi-element, right? Once you get the damage so, three, he's actually just, like, chilling at AK Brave. And then, God, damn, hear, the damage five, he kills something when he attacks. Why? Hear me out, John. I'm yeah. in Avalanche. I've got a terrible hand, but I have Bosch. I, I, I pitch the four, I play Bosch, I get Polk. I pitch the other two, play Polk, and then I get the one of the Avalanche operatives I pitched back. I'm feeling all right. Not great, but I'm okay. Dude, he's just... Yeah, I mean, you definitely... You put him in Avalanche because, again, um, it has has a lot of the bursts in Avalanche are just like, get me my guy. Like, Elfie, yeah. Tiro, Kusa. <laughs> fetch me my guy. Yeah, Marlene. Yeah, fetch me my guy. So it's like, oh... Uh, I'll do this. I'll take the point of damage. I'll know what thing I'm able to get back if I flip the point of damage, and I'll adjust mm -hmm. my search accordingly. Um, yep. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. I mean, it, worth mentioning, you take the point of damage, and then they can ama him. Uh, it's a double when. I think that's fine. I think mm -hmm. that there are plenty of things that they can Amaterasu, and if they Amaterasu this Bosch, and you took that damage, um, you know, at least you know that your other avalanche stuff is in the clear. Exactly. Avalanche is happy your, to have your, your something. CP cloud is in the clear. Avalanche is happy to have something other than cloud or the middle of the combat phase to try to take a uh, Amaterasu yep. out of their opponent's hand. So, um, exactly. Yeah, he's a little bit of a minesweeper in that sense too. I think that's really important. Yeah, I agree. Zande's a neat card. Um, I don't know completely what I think of this guy. I think he's. I think he's neat. He um, makes that backup like, finally cool, right? Because now you can break yeah. the backup and go get a guy that cares that you just broke the backup. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Leon, whatever. Um, once again, we have a Leon that's whatever. If self-damage, um, like Fire Earth, becomes really strong and like the damage mm -hmm. stuff matters, and like or putting yourself to damage 3 or 5 is like that good, his stat line's crazy. Um, otherwise, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't think... Yeah. Well, let's get to uh, let's get to what's probably the most busted ass card in this set, John. Let's talk about the engineer himself. Let's talk about Sid Hayes, the king of the Citadel. Dude, um, this guy, this guy's busted. This card is busted. So, so basically, Sid Hayes, he had this far, and he was looking at his kingdom below him in the Citadel, and he just mm -hmm. did not see good recruits showing up. No. And he was like, you know what? 
I'm out of here. And then he hopped on his little whirly gig, dude, and he pulled out that little thing, and he pushed the button, and he blew up the Citadel, and he flew far away from Engineer's Tribal, and he landed himself here. He, he only took Sid Palandina with him, um, and he landed... <laughs> Anywhere else, dude. I'm talking earth wind. I'm talking wind ice. This guy is crap. 3CP7K enters the field. The cost required to cast your next card reduced by two. No, like nothing. That's it. There's no fine print, Chris. You're looking yeah. for, like, is there more? Is the is it on the back of the card? Did they forget <laughs> to put, like, the... The, uh, the so is, is there a, the do I have to rip this card in half when I'm done? It like, looks what? like there are literally strings attached to the card on the art. So like I yes. don't understand. Like where are the strings? Um, and then he's got more text. Chris, believe it or not, at the beginning Jesus of the attack phase during each of your turns, you get to choose two characters your opponent controls. And well, if you've cast three or more cards this turn, dull them and freeze them. And well, uh, what do you think the chances God. are the turn that you play Sid Hayes that you'll be able to play another card after you play him? Probably Turns high. out pretty high, especially in a, in a world where you've probably already played something. You've probably triggered a Tomos, you, so you're you're just getting all of your shit back. Yeah. There's a world where a great follow up because this guy literally says if you play Lock next, he costs four less. Yeah, um, yeah this guy's busted. Yeah, like Riku said, Hayes busted. Uh, yeah, it's just there's so much going on here. It's very, very powerful. Uh, yeah. Wind Ice got pulled right back by the bootstraps to make sure that it was still an archetype here in the next set. We're going to be seeing an awful lot of it, and I think that's where a lot of those Luso gamers are going to end up gravitating to. Yeah, because even like the other two, like Maria's okay. Uh, Melvin is actually really cool, or Melvin, whatever you want to call him. Maria is just Melvin. like, literally, there's no reason to play this card in a deck that has 50 good cards in it already. Like, yeah, what is Maria agree. to do that I don't need? That I so there's a couple of things, right? It's Maria's like, holding down the binder is what she's doing. Yeah, here's there's a couple of things going on here. There's like I need a card that either solves a problem I'm having that the other cards don't solve, right? Or is like uh, some redundancy or consistency on an effect that I have already that helps me achieve whatever my goal is, right? So you look and it's like, activate all the characters you control does typically help me achieve my goal. However, it happens at a time where I never am ever activating my characters and I am infrequently. Think about whether or not you'd rather have a card that activates during your turn or on my opponent's turn. It's like, yep. well, okay, can this card help me combo at all on all my cast stuff? No. Okay, well, immediately, that's not actually redundancy or consistency. It's a new type of effect that I actually haven't been looking for. I'm not seeking that, or I'd be playing instant speed, activate my guys, right? If that was really yep. what I was looking for, I'd be playing maybe Diabolos. I'd maybe be playing the monsters I can, like, pop to activate my field. And then it's like, okay, well, its body is forgettable because we already are vomiting things onto the field. And then it has a Zidane effect, and I think we're already cutting Zidane out of these decks at this point because, again, there's just so many good cards, and Zidane is less restrictive. Um, they've sure like making Maria cards is another just, like, question mark for me. But, yeah, um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think... I think she's good, but, like, there's no reason to play her in the Constructed deck. Oh. I agree. Uh, Melvian, well, what do you think of old Melvin here? I, I think it's a neat card. It's, the cheapest... You know. or, sorry, the quickest warp. Warp 1. Yeah. Um, and when he enters the field, you choose up the two backups and two other backups activate the former freeze the latter. 
So you're going to activate your guys, freeze their guys. Um, mm -hmm. But when he's put from the field to the break zone, you RFG him, and then he gets two warp counters instead of one. So it's mm -hmm. like, you technically could just never... You, know, you never have to pay for this guy again after the first time, and he's like an Aerith that comes back faster. I think... Mm -hmm. So here's the thing about warp in general. You've played with an Aerith, right? The 2CP Aerith? Yep. Okay. I think everybody who's ever played with 2CP Aerith uh, can probably say they felt this way. You're like, damn, dude, is this card ever coming back? Like, what time is it? Like, <laughs> I thought I thought this card's supposed to come back, right? Like, because it comes back in three turns, and you sit there and you think, oh, well, three turns. Well, you know, the beginning of the game, and then, you know, most of my games are five, six, seven, eight turns. No, 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 no. You're not playing Aerith on turn one, <laughs> all right? So it's like, what we really are like, it's like, we're kind of in the early mid-game or mid-game, and Aerith comes out, and they kill her as part of a combat trick that shrinks my power, and some dude gets hit. And then I'm like, okay, well, I sure would like that buff back. And then it feels like the game's over before she comes back, or she comes back, and the board state doesn't care that she comes back, right? Um, I think that that three is really long. I think that two is kind of long. I think that when you look at this guy and you think, like, He's just going to come back over and over and over again. More likely, you're going to warp him. He's going to come back once or twice. But uh, you know what's going to happen in that amount of time? It's enough time for like, okay, I'm starting to get set up and I warp this guy. Okay, now I like have my big turn where I put all these guys onto the field and I like locked, right? And like my lock came out mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And then it's like Melvian comes back in the next turn and it's like, okay, now I almost have lethal. Like you know, like we talk about ice creating windows and keeping the window open long enough to win. Melvian Aww. is looking for, like, the window to be open when he comes back. He's like, uh, like anybody out there plays World of Warcraft, it's like your Encanter is floated. You're like, okay, I have this, like, timing that the game is telling me about to line up my next uh -huh. big burst, like, my next push. And so he yeah. kind of is interesting because he's going to create a natural, like, uh, like reset and then another go. And then you're going to reset and then you're going to go again. And you're just going to, like, have these kind of offensive pushes that he helps but mm -hmm. it's just another efficient card who just keeps your you know your board <laughs> wide and keeps that potential for you to threaten lethal high i think yeah. you know you just put one or two of this guy into your wind ice deck i don't think there's any reason to run three um i think mm -hmm. you just warp him when you see him and after that he's just a nice to have yep all great points and i think wind ice is going to be a uh, a big contender in the next meta oh for sure um, but I think uh, I think the color combination. Well, no, Sid Hayes is broken. I, Wind Ice got the most <laughs> Sid love. Hayes is very good. But Ice Lightning got two cards that I think they just can't live without, and that's uh, that's Sephiroth and Lightning, specifically Sephiroth. Um, this I mean, this card is a it's a three of in that color combination. Like you can't. It's like it's like trying to play Earth Lightning without Al Sitter's Aromas. Sephiroth is now a three of in that he is. A sneaky, sneaky play on like if you're going second on like your opponent's turn one, why the fuck not? Back attack that guy in at the end of their main two, or you know he has this this basically he has this like instant speed break as well during somebody's attack. Like this this card does an awful lot, and I think it gives uh, just a real sneaky line to the uh, to the um, ice lightning lists. Yeah, um, I mean. It, it, both of these cards, and we're going to talk about the other one here in a second, but just the fact that, like, mm -hmm. the whole thing is Alistair is just looking for more guys that help him with all his triggers, 
right? And yep. you just want more efficiency in ice landing because you have a really rough time with your backup line, which we talked about. Mm -hmm. So you often are having a hard time paying for things the right way, where you don't really get to choose which ice card or which lightning card do I want to keep or to pitch to pay mm -hmm. for this thing, because the answer is I have to keep this Alcid, so you pitch whatever the other purple card is. So it's like yep. the fact that you are, are saturating your handed deck with these dual element cards um, that are in your colors, that are good, that all do the things you want to do, or Sephiroth, mm -hmm. like we just talked about, solves a problem. He breaks yep. a guy. He is this defensive, slow down the guy who's punching me in the face type of card. Um, normally, an Ice Lightning deck has a lot of difficulty pointing at a card and stopping it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then he also, because of that back attack, you do that on their turn, and now, uh-oh, the Ice Lightning deck that all of a sudden has that really sneaky, explosive pressure. I mean, here comes maybe this Lightning next turn. Haste is coming next turn. Also, the Sephiroth has mm -hmm. pseudo-haste because he's already been in the field. And when he attacks, he's going to maybe break one of your other blockers or he'll discard a card. And if, like, Biblos is in play, that means that's a dull freeze, too. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. uh, you play him, like, the turn before, you're going to win the game. And it, it's just this very big swing. And he goes right yeah. I mean, the Lightning, too. The 4CP Lightning, Haste, with three action abilities, right? She's a, another dual, 8K, and then she just has, like, without having to tap her, choose a forward, dull it. For one, as you're attacking with her, you can just tap as many backups as you want, just, just dull all these forwards. Yep. Um, and also, she also has that, finally, that conditional break at a good rate, where you could mm -hmm. also be, like, you could separate off the previous turn, lightning comes in, you attack with lightning, you know, you pitch two backups, pitch a card, play lightning, attack with her, tap one, dull a thing, tap two, break that thing. Right? Mm -hmm. Repeatable removal on attack. Very, very yeah. strong card. The two of these cards, um, if Ice Lightning's ever going to be good, this is finally enough good stuff at once. The new backup package, the Sephiroth yep. and the Lightning. I think yep. we can do it. I think we're here, guys, finally. I know there's a lot of you out there have been waiting to hear that. <laughs> I think it's time. Yep. And, and also for your 7th fanboys out there, that, that, that color combination is like 90% ff7 it's becoming you know, very seen, ff7 yeah yeah we've seen turks are really good you know where our your light spot is kind of spoken for now with the light cloud to start your mm -hmm. backup chain um so and you know it's i, I think that deck is going to be really really good as well i think it's yeah. these these complement the explosiveness the deck has a lot um laguna can fuck off uh that card doesn't matter not very um, good yeah. nope then let's go into the um sorry, what am I trying to say here? Earth the wind. Earth Wind. Uh we got old fucking cabbage patch Chilinko, which can fuck off. Um I just don't I think do that like this monster removal is that uh, that much of a premium and I think that there's no. efficient cards that hit the efficient monsters and you would just play Prish. Yeah, and I, I do like this Tifa. I, I think she she has a neat ability off the back of a card like Noctis. Um, I think it's really, a good really curve. Solid. She's great. Uh, you know, you play her off Noctis, and like you said, um, I've been playing like uh -huh. a Noctis Sophie deck, so I think uh -huh. that this is intriguing. You can start to cut Sophie out of the equation. You play a card yep. like this, and you just go bop bop. Um, Meteor uh -huh. Strike is actually pretty efficient, and in an Earth uh -huh. X deck, it's very easy to get back other copies of Tifa. I, you know, an Earth Wind deck is very happy to have an S ability on one of its forwards. Are you kidding me? That is not Absolutely. a luxury. Like, I think that that's something that you look at an S. You, go, oh yeah, I'll use that sometimes. But the color combination of Earth Wind is 
constantly putting back the same forwards mm-hmm. over and over and over again into its hand at a slow, efficient, long game. That is very efficient costing for something that can be attacking while it's doing that. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. a really, really relevant S ability on this card. Like, I think it's yeah. deceptively relevant. Yeah, I agree. Then we got Fran. Oh, man, I, I, I like this card. I just, I got to find out. I, I, this is something I'm definitely tinkering with. I mean, it's category 12. And this is, other than the backup, like, well, the 2CP backup that has the ping abilities, this is probably the best Fran we've ever seen. No, oh, this Fran is incredible. Mile. This Fran is incredible. The only reason you would ever play a different Fran is you would play the 2CP backup Fran if you were trying to do just like the uh, Sky Pirate mm-hmm. Triumph type of backup line. Yeah. Right, where you were going into specifically Wind, Fire, Water. Mm-hmm. Um, Fran can play a lot of relevant backups, backups that search other yeah. backups. She can play backups that search. You know, there's backups that search her that also search other backups. There's backups that search backups. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Fran goes into on color. I think Fran goes into off color. I think Fran has an mm-hmm. incredibly high ceiling and can play a lot of efficient cards. And, mm-hmm. I, and like, there's definitely like ways where you just play this normally and it's just good. Then Chris, mm-hmm. I start to think about the world where like there is a world where it's like you Fran into Al Cid into something into you know what I mean like like there are yeah. some like Fran into Al Cid is all of those colors don't make any sense together right mm-hmm. like nothing about those colors lines up but someone someday is going to put together this rainbow multicolor masterpiece and there's a mm-hmm. lot of craziness in there if you're willing to spend that time unlocking it and making it somehow consistent. I can't, but someone will, I hope. Dude, and it just and it just makes me happier when I see when you talk about stuff like that, that a card like Alhanalim exists. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, as much as as good as this card is, uh the counterplay for it and the tamingness of it does exist here where like outside mm-hmm. of playing that four C B ball here, which very much pushes you into a very sky pirate heavy deck, there are no mm-hmm. generically good ball tiers to play with this card. Uh they're yeah. all hyper specific and they've very much had their job out, you know, just like been completely replaced. Like Baltier has been completely replaced as a tutor for Fran. Uh Baltier mm-hmm. has been completely replaced as a legend forward. Um, and all he exists for now, it, it, what is my purpose to play Sky Pirates from the break zone? Um, oh my god, right? We don't play Pinello or Elza, probably, unless we're going all in on Pirates, and that's where Balthier really gets his, uh, you know, efficiency from, because while Kites is all well and good, and we can Kites our Fran to play another mm-hmm. Final Fantasy twelve character, our Kites disappear pretty quick, and that makes our late-game yeah. Balthiers weaker, so... Um, it'll be yep. interesting to see if we need Balthier at all. Um, but this card is definitely good. It's only a matter of tinkering, toggling, and finding out where the efficient deck list is. Maybe one day we'll get a backup Balthier, which immediately plays very well with this card. Maybe. I mean, the new backup Kites is compelling, too. If you, like, yeah. uh, like again, the backup Kites kind of helps you abandon the Balthier if you want, which is why I think yeah. um, the, that we might be forgetting that pirate angle altogether. Uh, but also, I think you could just play Sky Pirates and just play this. Yeah. I think it's real. I think you can do that three color Sky Pirate, no problem. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. I agree. Now let's talk about the Earth Lightning cards. I, I actually like all three of these. Um, 
I guess we can talk about. Uh, I mean, I think Billy Bob is busted. Billy Bob um, is he's... just insane. I can't believe that he's an Avalanche operative. He's good in general. Yeah, that's fucking like, nuts. He, he's just generically good. Great. Mm-hmm. Again, good in a boring way. The, the almost mm-hmm. a catchphrase here. But um, <laughs> old William. William, William Robert. William Robert. Dude, welcome to William Robert's wild ride, dude. Uh, Cheers. Fuck. <laughs> yes. Welcome. Love... Welcome to William William Robert's wild ride, dude. The best part about that is it's W R W R. That might have to be the name of the episode. Welcome to W W W R W R, dude. William Robert's wild ride. Dude, I love it. Um, hey, it looks like he's right there, like taking your fucking ticket at the dude, gate of that fucking the wild. He's currently saying, class like, action park, baby. Enjoy the ride, like. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh my god. I fucking love it. William Roberts nuts. Wild Ride, dude. Well, William Robert here is um, he is happy to be an Avalanche operative because he doesn't give a shit that he's got lightning in his cost because you'll just mm-hmm. get another one from your discard pile and bear it to play him if you want, or you can just again remember Cloud yeah. can play Avalanche operatives for free also, and yep. a lot of times you have your like Cloud base stuff out and you're like, oh well, which guy am I gonna play? Oh well, mm-hmm. I could just always play Billy Bob and get back any one of those other operatives. So now Cloud. And, like, with mm-hmm. Barrett out, Barrett gets you back like a, a Jesse. You can now cloud mm-hmm. in off that, get Billy Bob. Billy Bob brings, like, uh, Biggs back to hand. Then you play Biggs. Mm-hmm. And then Billy Bob can fucking party attack with Biggs. And fucking William Robert getting in them guts, baby. I can't I, this believe card's it. nuts. Yeah. This card's um, so nuts. Very good card. We'll see play. Great in a boring, fucking boring way. Billy William, Bob. William Robert's wild ride. At the time of your God. life, you're gonna die, dude. It's the best, the absolute fucking best. Um, like, and I, I think while the other two cards are good, they fucking pale in comparison to Billy Bob. I yeah. think the Vanille's really good. I like Interesting the artifact on... style control piece for auto builds. Yeah. yeah, yep, I really, really like it. Um, and Sonin's pretty cool, right? I mean, yeah. again, it just you're playing a guy and doing a thing. It's it's fine. Sonin's um, a cool card. Um. I, I don't think he's like really doing what Earth Lightning's doing these days. No. Earth Lightning is playing like this really slow late game control mm-hmm. thing, and it's like, uh, okay, so here I am late game control, and where I can back attack this guy by like removing these from the game, but I don't want to remove those from the game. I would very much like to keep my backups right where they are. So yeah. I mean, yeah, you could cast them. Like you can just cast Force if you back attack, and he's got a nice big body, bigger than a lot of the back attack guys. Um, mm-hmm. but then he's just gonna like. Unless he kills something and kills something by blocking, like unless he removes a five K forward and then kills something by blocking. And I guess uh-huh. we'll just see if we live in a world where there's enough five K two drops running around that that's good. But I don't think the Earth Lightning decks start from a place where they slot him in and he's got a useless job. Yeah. We, Billy Bob's the big winner in that combination there, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Um now let's look at water uh lightning here. Not um obviously go, like well, talk about and, and 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 that's lightning. It is lightning. It's another lightning dual well, card here. Well, I will say this: uh, the Onion Knight pr- provides us with our first purple Warrior of Light we've ever seen in the game. Well, the problem with having a purple Warrior of Light uh, for the first time ever is that nothing gives a shit about us having a purple Warrior. Of Correct. Light. So, uh, Correct. Been Moving on. Can you imagine if this guy was just lightning wind, dude? Adam Duncan would have been like 
posted oh, his it, pamphlet. he would have changed his profile picture to this onion knight. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? This would have been like it would have been everything he was ever waiting for. With that job combo too. I wonder mm-hmm. if this used to have a green dot on it and then they were like, uh, this is too good and then they had to undo it. I don't know because I wonder. It makes no sense as blue. This card would have been a really cool lightning wind. Card. They had to choose between that or polk. I don't know what happened here, man, but I almost want to like somebody to Photoshop a version of this card where it's like got a wind symbol behind it instead of the water and show it. Please, going to be like, oh my god, Adam, did you see this card from the set? Just trying to like freak out, be like, wait, how did I miss it? Oh wait, it's it's yeah, there's a lot of um, but yeah, the the Lilla set, uh, people keep evaluating it through the lens of the other Lilla set. I don't think that this thing has anything to do with dancers. I think this is just a generic lightning water card. You can't think of dancers. You look at this and it's just like, it removes a thing of two or less. It's like a, it's almost like a, uh, what's that dragon called? It's almost oh, which like one, a thunder, the... lightning drake, thunder drake. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's thunder almost drake. like thunder drake, except it has an S ability, which I think is supposed to be the intriguing part of this card, uh, where you can like basically cag their board with an S. Um, I think it's just not very good. No, not at all. Um, but the lightning then. All right. That's a good card. Lightning is good. She's a two CP seven K with haste. So already Lilith said, see ya. Look at dude, she look, she's like Lilith, get the f- out of here. Look at my dress. Look at my fidelity. Look at my abilities. Right. Look at my power. Feel my power, Lilith. Um, that's right. Look at your pixelated right. ass and then look and at me. And feel my power, dude. Yeah, so Lightning has that's got right. haste. When she enters, you choose a forward. The opponent controls dull it, draw a card. Um, the drawback here, they have to have a forward, but the plus Ooh. is you just played this 2CP 7K with haste and drew a card back, question mark. Very strong. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a legend, but it sure has an L on the bottom of the card. Then you've it got a sure Lightning does. Water and uh, remove one card named Lightning and one card named Odin in the break zone from the game, and you can play this Lightning onto the field. What's interesting about this is that... Uh, sorry, from the break zone. Uh, what's interesting about this is it's basically like a, hey, I'm going to bring in my kill card. Like, I'm going to win the game with uh-huh. this, right? I'm going to pay these on my turn. I'm going to get rid of these other cards from earlier in the game. I'm going to bring in my haste card that's going to dull one of your things. Um, uh-huh. And I'm probably doing that in conjunction with whatever else I'm doing to win the game this turn. That type of inevitability, Chris, we talk about this all the time, is amazing. We love it. That is really nice. Now, the question is, are you going to be playing Lightnings and Odins? So, obviously, in a deck with this Lightning, yes, you're playing Lightnings. The Odin's the tricky one. Odin just doesn't have a lot of summons that are like, this is so generically good or so flexible, I just play it. You only really play the Odins when you're going to, like, when you're literally playing Odins, like Lightning Odins, the deck. So, I don't know if if that's at, like honestly that's the only thing holding this back from being wild is that this archetype doesn't yeah. really have a lot of legs right now outside of like the scions type package. Mm-hmm. But the Ridia Odin stuff was starting to pick up some steam. So um, I think the, the Japanese players that were tinkering and toggling with the Ridia Odin decks are probably looking at this lightning and getting very excited. Yeah, absolutely. And John, we've gone long, so let's go ahead and wrap this up with an, the combination that you're also incredibly excited about. Oh, let's man. talk Fire Water, because um, I like these cards as well. I really like the Fury on here. Two out of three ain't bad, Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so we'll start Fury just because you mentioned him. Fury finally gets a good card. Uh, I don't know how long mm-hmm. it took him, but the last time that there was a Furion card that I just said was good, he was a 2CP EX card from a starter deck that did some damage when yep. he entered the field. 
um wow how far we've come this furion has amazing art amazing text and it's an amazing color combination two cp warrior and rebel actually both kind of relevant in these colors we do have mm -hmm. a gaggle of warriors in water where we're starting to have to pay attention um and it does matter in uh, in fire if you're playing the guy he cares about warriors you now have mog and furion yeah yes mm -hmm. Google. mog from final fantasy 6 is a warrior for god knows what reason Anyway, um, if you control five or more characters, he gains haste, and when he attacks, he draws a card. Uh, so immediately, this is not when he deals damage. This is when he attacks, draw a card. So you play your 2CB mm -hmm. Fury enough, two backups, and you've probably got five backups or like a monster or two or a forward or whatever. Five characters is easy peasy. And mm -hmm. so he's just like, we're starting off with, I'm getting my card back when I attack. And then it's like, well, do you want to block? Because are you willing to trade whatever you're blocking? Because I can just discard a fire water card and give this guy plus 4k first strike and uh, activate him, right? Mm -hmm. Because he gets that plus 2 first strike for a fire card and the plus 2 activate for the water card. But there's so many good fire water cards that you're just playing. Like, it's literally Ophirian, Yuzuki, Arciella, um, uh, you play Gawain, you play Steiner. And it's just like, mm -hmm. my whole damn deck is fire water cards. He gets that 9k free buff, like pre any kind of anthem from a backup, like if you're doing walker mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, first strike, very relevant, and draws you the card back. Cards cray. Yeah, cards very, very good. Um, And let's talk about the Arciella. Yeah, also a very strong card in the same exact deck. Um, the thing about both of these cards is both of these cards pretty much want to be in a firewater deck that's full of dual element cards. The good news mm -hmm. is both of them are good and they're dual element cards that are in those elements. Turns out. Yeah. Um, Arciella here is uh, the beginning of attack phase during each of your turns. You can reveal any number of cards from hand. Three or more fire cards, you choose a forward and deal at 7k. Three or more water cards, you draw a card. But, like, again, you'll be revealing dual element cards. So you'll probably be revealing on an average four cards, hitting both of the things, drawing a card mm -hmm. and shooting something. And shooting something is probably killing a guy if not again we're talking fire water which we brought up a few times in this cast with the deferred damage packets from goblins with the, you know some of the stuff we can do with our ash you know furion's getting that first strike it's just i i think this deck almost builds itself and you just have to choose whether you want to do warrior light knight or generic mm -hmm. yeah yeah jet can fuck off uh he jet is a guardian um, the problem yeah. is we just have better jets. Uh, I guess, yeah. you know, there's a world where you try this guy out, maybe. Uh, I just don't think Jack Beam is worth the squeeze. Um, nope. And I, I think that, yeah, it's uh, the Guardian deck is already very happy with the Jack block Jack. And I don't think that yes. has a lot of space for you to just be windmill slamming three more Jacks in there. But if you were looking for S fodder, at least he pitches for two different colors. Uh -huh. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. That's but, it, whew, that yeah, is that is a poor de force of Opus eighteen. This is a and, huge uh, set, and there are a lot of really, really, really good multi element cards at the end. So I know this is a long one. Yeah, but it was a it it it's just kind of reinforces what I was saying. Like the set didn't look that exciting at first glance, but once you start like diving in, you're like, holy shit. They held back nuts. a lot of the gems too, which is always nice. They did. It's always cool when there's a lot of exciting stuff to see. I mean, I you know, you could have done a little bit more than give us Poppy with all the shit that you had left over, but that's okay, you know. Right, I mean, right. I mean, yeah, the I thing is too, Poppy is just like, dope. 
the absolute most forgettable cards set. I mean, yeah, not, yeah. not just her, but you know, pretty much a, there are many other than her that are that, are that forgettable. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, essentially blank. But you know, I'm happy to be able to share some exciting stuff with the the people when it comes. Uh, absolutely. Anyway, always, set, always. The whole set. I'm so excited. It's very fun. Yeah. Like we said, we're getting three products before we get the next set too. To add more cards to the game. So uh, there's the mines going to be, are deep. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of work to do and a lot of gold to find before we get back to competitive and... season. But I think this is like the fact that the set pre-competitive season is so exciting means this preseason is actually going to be hype. And I'm excited to to tinker. Let's go. Let's toggle. I'm ready to tinker, toggle, dig, whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm drilling. Drill. I'm drilling I, for gold. That's right. Drill, shovel, call, whatever implement of choice. I am definitely yeah. here for it. I'm here for the wild ride, dude. I'm here for William I, Roberts. I am here for ride. William Roberts' wild ride. <laughs> uh, but John, if you had to pick one card that's your favorite in the set, what is your favorite card so far? I just when you look at the whole set as a whole, what is your what is your favorite card? Mine is Iris. I've already I've already said it. Right now, Iris is my favorite card in the set. Oh, it's Ash. I'm a mono water simp. There you go. There you go. Like, mono water we is love so the good. Ladies. I feel like I don't even need to test it. I'll just like sleeve it later and play it. <laughs> You'll just have it. Yeah. Ready to roll. Mm -hmm. well, I fucking love it. Well, you heard it here first, uh, first friends. And after John, I am I am wiped after that. There's just too much excitement. I need to go polish uh polish off my. Recky and fill up this cuppa and then start, you know, Indeed. literally brewing and getting prepped for Opus 18. There it is. There it is. Well, that's all I've got. Me as well, Chris. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you guys, as, as always, always, for listening. And we will see you next time. Indeed. Get out there and enjoy Opus 18. Bye-bye. Doodles. Thanks once again for listening to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you can head on over to rvareturners.com. 